Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of The Critical Podcast. I'm your host, my name is Jimmy Good, and joining me, as always, is one of my go-to podcast compadres, Mr. Joseph Lever. Joseph, how are you doing today? I'm doing excellent, my friend. How are you doing? I'm doing just fine now that I see your beautiful face. No, seriously, even though I saw you before this, it's nice. It's just like, it's like old times, you know what I'm saying? Just like old times before before we were all shut-ins. You remember? Do you remember those yeah, times? Okay. <laughs> before we were shut in oh, i've always been a shut um <laughs> not true we're finally recording during the day i've got a bit of natural light coming in the window on me here he lives that's true yeah uh i always i have so spoiler alert i have blankets over my windows which sounds really strange but here in the cold north in the winter i put it on because on that part of the house that i live in it was an add-on and if i don't do this it'll get even colder so, like, I have to do that. So, it's, like, always darkness. But then I get lazy sometimes and I don't take them down. Anyway, it's a whole thing. So, it, it always looks the same probably for most people. There's a little light on Kylo you can see over there. <laughs> you see that? Or on the, the Stormtroopers. Anyway, uh, so, today uh, we're going to be talking about something very specific. We had some great write-ins, some great feelings because we're talking about Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring. And if you've been watching our show, even probably one episode uh, in the past, you probably know that we we love Lord of the Rings around these parts. And it's probably been a little while, especially a little bit longer for you, Joe, since you've watched Fellowship of the Ring. But we're going to get into it today. So full spoilers, all of it's on the table. Switch has been flipped. You've been warned. This movie came out almost 20 years ago. So you know what? It's on you at this point if you haven't seen it, which I was thinking about, like, Joe, as I was falling asleep last night, I'm like, holy crap, like, this movie's been out for like almost 20 years. 20 years. Is it that long? It came out in 2001. I was like, ooh, like, <laughs> it's like, oh. Wow. Um, all right. Uh, that's fine. It's okay. That's just how these mm. things go. Time, it's just the ever flowing river, as they used to say in the beginning of Jurassic Park River Adventure. Uh, so, Joe, I kind of want to go through this like bit by bit um, and kind of go through the characters, you know, the plot and all that stuff. But are there any general things you want to kind of say at the top of this, like how you feel about how you felt going into it versus coming out of it? Like any any thoughts or feelings? Hmm. Going into it, uh, all I could think about is just show me the damn ring race. Let's get to it. <laughs> it should be about them. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. It, it is interesting because you mentioned that it's almost 20 years old or about to be in like six months, right? Yeah. Like came out in probably December of 2001. Yep. So, anywho, um, it's still an excellent film. I, I guess when I went into it, I noticed <clears throat> I love the practicality of everything, the practical effects and whatnot. You know, I always talk about that on any movie we, we watch and not star wars another example but uh i got into it and as as i'm watching i'm appreciating those things but then i'm seeing other things that i'm like wow it's amazing how far we've come like that today would look so (laughs) you know but for the most part you can't really punch holes in any of it it all looks really good but if you you know i watched it with an eye a more critical eye to really kind of like man i wonder if i can pick out anything because in my mind like these were perfection right yeah and they still are to a certain degree but uh i was kind of maybe looking with that more critical eye and kind of throwing my bias aside a little bit sure um and uh i guess i won't get in any particulars because i can't necessarily as i'm watching i can like kind of pick them yeah but as i'm you know 
recalling I, I can't really think of specific instances per se i always think of like uh, it's the hobbits and like the dwarf like in gimli and stuff where you like look at them and you're like okay so in this shot like and they do a really good job of masking by doing cuts but like you look <laughs> at it and when they're like if gandalf's talking to frodo and he's like holding his hand or something that's not like elijah wood you know or like when they do like a shot like that or from a distance and they show like the whole fellowship and they're all kind of walking together it's like that's not you know sean astin and that's not john reese davies like that those are the doubles that are in there so sometimes when they're walking or running around i'm like that's not that's not them like you know but like that's just because i'm looking for it because i've watched it so oh, many really? times yeah. I'm, like, I'm like that's not it still does kind of confuse me a little bit how they did the size differences between like the hobbits, the dwarves, the elves and the people and, and all that. Like, I think a lot of it, I think the I best know. example of it comes up in Return of the King where it's Gandalf and uh, Pippin in Minas Tirith and they're looking across the way and they're looking at Mordor and Pippin is sitting with like his arms on a railing and you can just kind of guess that he's just kneeling down there and Gandalf is uh, like standing behind him. They're just like, just kneel down. Just, you know what I mean? Like and they, that's how you do it because you do doing like, when you do a shot, when it's just like Elijah Wood, like Frodo at a distance in the, like the wilderness, you don't have to be like, all right, he has to be the short version. You can do whatever version. Cause he's not standing next to somebody. But the second sure. he's next to someone, you're like, okay, you know, you gotta like, and when it's like Frodo's little hands and like, you know, Aragorn closes his hands, like that's, not Elijah Wood, you know, <laughs> it's probably somebody else. And he's just, uh, but anyway, that's like the little stuff. And then some of the CG, I think, I think the troll is maybe the weirdest one as far as like the troll in the, in the mines. Yeah. I think he's probably like the weirdest looking thing just because everything up until that point for the most part, maybe Sauron too, uh, is practical, you know? Um, and it's jarring when it's not like, you're so used to every bad guy being practical up until this point. Right. I guess I kind of agree. Yeah. 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 Um, again, these are little nitpicky things, but let's just start. Uh, I have notes too that we'll probably come back to, but uh, let's just start at the beginning. I think out of any film ever, what film has got the, the, the feeling and the gravitas the Lord of the Rings has, let alone starts off with a full black screen for a bit. And it's just Galadriel talking. And it's like Elven and then translated into Common and then back and forth. It's like, how many movies do that and like get away with it? Because like other movies, if other movies did that, people would be so frustrated. Like if Star Wars started and there was just black screen and it was someone just talking, people would be like, what's going on? Like Lord of the Rings gets away with it, right? I'm like, oh, and it's so chilling because it's got the music and stuff too. It's like, yeah. oh, it's so good. Like Kate Blanchett. I'm like, yes, love it. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think it, it, it carries some weight with it and kind of really sets the tone out of the gate, you know? Yeah. Despite how happy, cheery the movie starts out. Yeah. Uh, well, it's kind of, it's, you know what, too? It is, with the Shire stuff, maybe it's more happy, cheery, but like that kind of yeah. uh, information dump in the beginning, which a lot of people probably, I think her narrating over like the battles and stuff is really cool, where it's, she's like the last alliance of men and elves went to go fight in Mordor. And you're like, wow, this is kind of a big deal. Like right off the, the yeah. bat you're like this is this is cool uh which i love in the beginning you get like battle wary elrond and he's like you know calling out commands and stuff and the elves are so precise they can shoot like past his neck and they're just like it's like the arrows are going past his hair and he's totally fine with it like he's just like yep he's like shoot shoot now and it's like but it's like oh god <laughs> just one elf just when is that right in the beginning during the fight like at, at on the the 
the, the slopes of Mount Doom, all the orcs oh, are running up sure, the elves. Sure, and, sure, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Like all those elves are just waiting there and then they do their kind of... Uh, which I think um, there's a lot of shaky cam in this one. I don't think it's that bad, but that's because the no. fights are so kind of chaotic anyway. Like I don't, it doesn't bother me as much as like more modern ones do. I don't. Did you feel that at all? Uh, I noticed maybe one or two points of shaky cam to kind of hide the choreography of the sword fighting, but nothing, uh, you know, and with the orcs and stuff because somehow. Obviously, it's bloody and gruesome, but somehow they, you know, they can't show every single sword slice to flesh, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of, like, you know, special effects blood to, to get, you know, worked in. Uh, not special effects, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, this, this guy gets a blood packet with a hose and this guy gets a squeeze tube with a hose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, geez, old Pete. <laughs> yeah. And, you draw a lot. Well, there's a lot of like blunt kills and I think that's more so maybe in the future ones too, but there's a few in this one are just knockdowns where you like, if you go back and watch some of the fights, you get like Aragorn who'll just kind of like tap someone on the helmet and the, it'll just like, Arr! like they'll just lay down. <laughs> like yeah, I guess double check I'm going to look for that some more as I, as yeah. I watch through some of these, but uh, that it's is good. not, uh, yeah, I, I'm not into that. If... Yeah. It's like, I get it. There's just so many that they're killing. And in the moment, um, there's even one later on and it's during a very emotional moment, but it's um, Boromir's last stand and he goes to punch in Urukai, and you could tell like the Urukai knew it was coming, so the Urukai kind of jumps back with it, and like you could tell he probably didn't get hit, like you know, and they just because it's like a slow, oh. like you know, it's like, and it's like, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I don't have a problem with it. I'm like, I get it. I get it. Uh, I like to think that Urukai knew it was coming. It was like I'm gonna jump backwards and like lay down and be like, whoa, I missed, um, or you missed me, but. Uh, yeah, and there's some of the sword blocks too, like later on, that like you could tell <laughs> that they're just like, you know, like he kind of, they block it with like these big kind of like hand and a half swords and uh, they kind of like, like that. And you could tell that the the guys who are like the Urukai who are kind of swinging like this are like, like, like a tap. They're like, tap. <laughs> they're like, eh, oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. It's again, these are, I'm getting the little nitpicks out of the way because I love this film. Anyway. Back to it, uh, the Shire and stuff. Now, I watched, just for full ex uh, exposure here, I watched the extended edition. Joe, you watched the regular edition, yeah. uh, which yeah. there's, a, there's a lot more that they added, which we don't need to fully get into. But they do kind of even start there with the Shire and they kind of get into more of like the Hobbits and the Hobbit culture and all that stuff. And I still think the Shire is like one of the just it's such a great setting it's like pitch perfect like i don't know how you could make that any better like i look at it and i'm like spot on you know what i mean like it looks it looks so good what did you think of the shire well no, i think it serves the purpose as a quaint calm place you know nothing yeah. could go wrong here type of a place and yeah they just want to eat man families do another but uh yeah i mean as far as what i think of the shire i i uh it's pretty basic. The practicality of it, it's built, it's basic. There's not much to it. It's basically uh, rolling hills of meadows, wood doors in the hill. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a little past, but I mean, yeah, it's it's, it's cool. Um, it's very well done and fitting. Obviously, it's pretty, but yeah, uh, yeah I don't know if there's too much more to say. That's all right, because they're, the thing we got to say about it, it's the introduction to one of the greatest characters of all time in my personal opinion, Gandalf the Grey, 
looks perfect. Ian McKellen couldn't have cast it better, I don't think. Apparently, Sean Connery was up for the role at one point, which is kind of nuts to me. Uh, but hmm. I think he's just so good. And like his just his introduction talking to Frodo kind of, you know, almost he's like re-chastising him or kind of batting it back being like i'm never like wizard's never late or is he early like you know i love that whole thing and he's just he's kind of coarse but he's just really fun and like the hobbits love him and he's got a soft spot (laughs) for like the kids and he you know shoots the fireworks and frodo at one point he's like hey you know like us bagginses we were kind of well regarded until you kind of came into our lives and he he just like plays the fool he's like i don't know what are you talking about like he's just like "Mm." you know that's yeah as he looks at a couple on their sidewalk by their home they're like giving them the frowny face yeah but then that guy later on you see he like kind of even smiles, smiles a little when he shoots the fireworks for the kids. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Gandalf, man. Like, so did Gandalf make those fireworks? I was thinking about this. He had to have because they're like yeah, definitely imported from China. <laughs> but like, was he like sitting somewhere before he like showed up? He's like putting them together. He's like, this is going to be. Yeah, be. I don't know. Like, you know. There's nothing magic about it besides the fact that he could create a little heat on the wick, right? I don't know. No, well, he makes the dragon one, remember? There's like the dragon firework, like the special dragon firework. Remember that one? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I assume there's some magic involved with that, I guess. Yeah, there'd have to be, right? But yeah. Whatever. whatever. I, I I was just saying for the... Yeah, whatever. Here's the question. Do you think that, <laughs> that Saruman at some point saw the fireworks and was like, I bet I could make some explosives out of this. Like, is Gandalf the reason that Helm's Deep went down the way it did. Because he was like, like before all this, Gandalf's like, hey man, I'm making these cool things to go fireworks. And Saruman's like, this is stupid. And then he like saw it and he's like, hmm, we could use that for different purposes if we wanted to. You know what I'm saying? Like the kind of the idea of like black gunpowder in this world. Like, did it start with Gandalf? Like, did he start like this arms race unwittingly i don't know i don't know it's just something to think about just when is the battle of helms deep that comes um it's coming up in the next movie so like the bombs and stuff like the yeah you know, okay that's all i'm trying that's all i'm trying to say uh which i do want to touch on the magic a little bit here i don't remember the bombs you'll see them oh you'll be like oh and now and then you'll be like mm. but i think um the magic in this one i like to call it like old magic or kind of like folklore magic it's not like something you use all the time like in harry potter like they're using magic kind of constantly you kind of use it to to do something very specific or to enhance something it's not like gandalf is using it all the time he does use it a lot more in the hobbit trilogy i think but it's a lot of it because I think he would kill everybody if he used more of his magic. Like, I don't think they overdo it. Like, do you do you think the magic is enough? Would you like more? How do you feel about it? There's little touches of it. You never quite know the extent of his ability. And I think yeah. that's purposeful, right? Like, So when he stops the ball rock down in the mine, uh, I mean, did you think he was capable of such a thing uh, until he reached the bridge? No, I didn't think so. Yeah. Right. Um, um, Which that fire sword hitting the shield and it like lavas <laughs> off of it is really cool like sloughs off of it is really yeah it's a really yeah, effect. It cool. it's like, the balrog overall is very cool that's an example of you know 2001 um i mean that's cg of, of course um oh that design but, uh, though it's yeah awesome. very cool design very Perfect. cool idea I, I i don't so i guess let's cover that sequence a little bit yeah. um uh, all the orcs in the in the mines the goblins, I, yeah. 
I don't know. Hold on. All right. I don't understand. So one minute. I'll help you. So there's orcs attacking them in that tomb. Those are technically goblins. The troll shows up. Yeah. The cave troll shows up. Those are goblins or orcs? Those Why are... do they look like orcs? Okay. So here's the here's the, the factor, and I could be wrong about this. Somebody watches will probably correct me. I think orc is a catch-all term because obviously Frodo's his blade glows blue when he's nearby orcs. It happens in the mines and it happens at Amon Hen, that fight at the end of Fellowship. And those guys are like half orc, half goblin men, like the Urukai, but we'll get to them later. So the goblins, I think it's like every rectangle is a square, but not every square is a rectangle situation. So it's like orc is this kind of umbrella term. And then you have like goblins and then like your more classic orcs which I consider to be like the guys who work for Saruman, like the little, like the, the minions who's like, you know, my lord, you know, that kind of, those guys are the guys in Mordor. And then you have like the Urukai and they're all kind of like branches off of that. I know it's a little, it's a little weird, but goblins are usually like smaller. They crawl on walls. They're dwelling in the caves. Okay, yeah, because I was going to say, if these are orcs, why the hell are they crawling down the columns like spiders? No, that's like a goblin. I think that's more of like a goblin-specific ability. Yeah. So now when you go back to the Hobbit trilogy or whatever it was, and they have, aren't the goblins like naked little skinny? Yeah. Uh, so that's more a great spidery point. looking things. They, yeah, that's what's frustrating. That group and i don't know if it changes from like which region they're in because they're in moria versus like i think it's the misty mountains which i'm i'm probably screwing all this up moria is probably in the misty mountains but yeah so they're like weird pink things in the hobbit and they don't look anything like that i don't know why they changed it i think they made a lot of weird kind of aesthetic changes in the hobbit though like even the wargs look very different they're very i think because they're not like Saruman orgs, like you know what I'm saying? Like I don't know why they changed them. I like this this design. They look incredibly terrifying. Like there's one in particular that kind of kind of it's like ah, like Adam when they're all surrounded and he's got like the big eyes and you're like wow that thing's terrifying. Oh yeah, that's true. The big eyes. Yeah. yeah. I prefer. I would prefer the goblins to be a little bit more different than standard orcs. Sure. You know, just like the orcai are a different offbreed of orc and. um you know, they're different and you can tell them right away. But I, the goblins, I would want to be more, you know, if they're living down in the mines like that and stuff, I, I don't know. I want them to be a little more animalistic and less uh, humanoid or orcish. I want them to be, I guess, more close, closer to the, uh, more closer to the Hobbit version. Okay. Yeah, you know, like like not a bunch of armor, you know, tool wise, very uh, uh, um, uh, what's the word less sophisticated. Sure. Because, um, I mean, they're coming out of the deep caverns of the earth. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't come across super well in the movie, uh, but if you look at them, actually, you can kind of see their movement is pretty different than regular orcs. Orcs are more kind of upright a little bit. They kind of have a little bit of a hunch. Goblins are much closer to the ground and the armor they have is kind of like cobbled together stuff. But again, yeah. it's, it's hard to tell when it's like super dark. And I know what you mean, because you look at them. Because I remember hearing this and I remember sitting next to my mom in the movie theater and she's they're like, oh, orcs are coming. And I was like, OK, how are these different than the ones we saw in the beginning? And she's like, just watch. And then I was like, I don't they still look kind of similar. You know, like I was like, hmm. 
And I think, again, like orcs, like Saruman said, were like twisted, tortured, mutilated elves. And that's why like regular orcs look still kind of like they have like the pointy ears and they look like you could still kind of make it out. But like the goblins, like that's what they have, like the big eyes. And they're kind of like a little yeah. a little more animalistic, but not enough. Like, I know what you yeah. mean. Like, you want it. You want yeah. more. You want you want. Something. Maybe it, has, it doesn't have to be totally like the Hobbit, but something sure. closer to it. Yeah, I want it more. Um you know, another another thing, orcs. You know, they say you know, orcs are just twisted, uh, tortured elves. Yeah. <laughs> and so they just lose all of their precision and Dude, yeah, uh, that would be so elegance. Cool. <laughs> like, <laughs> I want to see a super orc who's just like just legless. But he's he looks like yeah. I want to see I want to see the orc version of Legolas. What the fuck? <laughs> Come on, yeah, um, yeah. So I, I find that kind of um, uh, humorous. But uh, so then you get to the the we were just talking about Urukai. What's there? I thought they were. Dead elves crossed with orcs or... Okay. So, from my understanding, again, this is very basic understanding. So, I think the very first orcs were the twisted elves and then they spawned off of that. But still, you'd like to think there was like one or two of those super like elf orc things that was like around still. And you're like, that guy is very scary because he's got a bow. And maybe that's what Lurtz is, like the main kind of bad guy in this one. But then Urukai are basically a combination of orcs and goblin men and the trick apparently somehow com- combining them together allowed them to move in daylight and also be like six, six and a half feet tall or whatever they are, you know, like six feet tall, broad, like very bipedal, not very animalistic, but um, very like skilled or like good, like warriors, I guess I should say. So maybe that's that. I don't know. I don't know why goblin men, because I think of like, what's orc? What's a goblin man? Exactly. Yeah. So I like look at the goblins that we've seen in this movie. I'm like, okay, so you took that and you took like one of those like orcs that might work for Saruman and you like you genetically put them together in the pit or something and that produced this thing. I don't know if it's some sort of like dominant trait versus recessive trait and that's what like brought it out in them. But basically all Saruman was trying to do is to make a super army that can move in the daylight and maybe could like oppose Sauron at some point because the Urukai are basically like orcs 2.0. Yeah. If that makes sense. But maybe oppose Sauron at one point. Yeah, cuz that was never that was a tenuous relationship cuz the thought was always like when they're when they were done working together, that Sauron, like Gandalf said, he's like, he doesn't share yeah. his power. And Saruman was probably like, yeah, I know that's coming. Like, <laughs> I'm going to make sure to, I'll be ready. But really, so he would raise this army for Sauron. And then when all is said and done and Sauron's, you know, going to basically, he's done using Saruman. Saruman. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's going to turn the army that he raised for him on him. Maybe, and the problem is he had like 10,000 Urukai, but then Sauron had like 100,000 orcs, which is like, <laughs> I don't care how you slice that. Like, Sauron's probably mm-hmm. taking the day there. 
I don't know. Those Uruk-hai, they're pretty... I like them. They do get... Some of them get easily defeated, but I love them. (laughs) Yeah, I guess... Yeah, I mean, they just turn those guys into cannon fodder regardless, but... But I will say this. I will take them any day over just the CGI nothingness of the feeling that you you get in The Hobbit, where, like, all of them, even the goblins, which they really did make um, outfits for actors to look like those goblins, but it was all tangible, all real, but then they're like, no, we're just doing the CG this is all for the most part real and it definitely you feel it like when Aragorn comes around in Amenhen and there's like 40 of them waiting for him and you're like oh like that is cool like you're like like that is a oh no I you know I I hate to jump to the end of the movie at this point in the in the discussion but when you know the Urukai are chasing them on the riverbank and they confront them and uh, Aragorn takes Lurts out yeah like, I mean, that's, that is cool. Should we talk about that you, fight right now? Sure. I mean, ultimately you just don't get that effect with CGI. Yeah. You, you don't. I mean, that was a real monstery guy. There was a guy in all that get up yep. and they fought. It looked real. That guy it just gives you more of a feeling and it makes the movie seem more plausible. Yeah. Uh, so in the extended edition, we'll get into it for just a second here. There's a moment in the fight when, so Aragorn's fighting this guy, this guy who is three shot Boromir. He himself has dropped a hero, which I don't think in the book, I think it's just Boromir has been riddled with arrows and is dying or dead. But this is way better. I think it's it's so cool to enhance the situation with like a super like and this guy before I think he's even scarier when he's back with Saruman and he doesn't like have anything and he's just an he doesn't have the yeah. white hand or and he's just standing there and it's just like you're like this guy is intimidating. And I think mm-hmm. he plays Goth. I think Gothmog is the name of it, like the pink deformed orc leader in Return of the King. I think he I think the same guy plays him. So that just shows how crazy that makeup is. But that fight is so good. But anyway, uh, in the extended edition, you actually see where Aragorn gets that dagger. He actually gets it from um, I think it's Celebrore um, from from Galadriel's like the, the elven wood or whatnot. But he gets that. So he stabs that dagger into his leg. Right. And they show it like they show it and it's like hanging mm-hmm. there. And, and I'm thinking like, all right, so that must have been the muscle they added, you know, and they like stabbed it through there. And in the extended edition, Joe, Lurtz takes it out. And, you know, in the regular one, he throws it at him and Aragorn, he like deflects it, right? Yeah, deflects it, yeah. Which apparently really happened. And I think that was a real dagger. And they talked about that. And they were like, yeah, we're lucky that Vigo was ready for that because Vigo like freaking deflected like a real dagger. Because some of that stuff really happens. I was like, oh, my God. Um, But in the extended edition, Lurtz takes it out at first and he looks at him and he licks the dagger. And I was like... Why didn't that make it to the final cut? Yeah, I think so, I've seen that it's version. So cool. Like, <laughs> like they could have done both. He could have licked it and then threw it at him. But I think there was like there's some stuff in there that kind of ties back to Peter Jackson's kind of like horror roots. And there's a few like beheadings that like have just squirts of just like black blood that they're like, all right, we gotta take some of this like kind of stuff out that's like it's on the line of PG thirteen. And they're like, all right, we'll take out the moment where he <laughs> licks the knife. Cause I like to think that's the thing that put him over. Like yeah. the senses were no. like <laughs> I mean, there were a few moments I saw the blood spurt after a beheading. And, uh, yeah. yeah, but anyway, uh, that fight, I love that um, Lurtz is so strong. He takes, like, he gets tackled by Aragorn the first moment, 
drops his bow, grabs a shield and sword immediately, and then throws the shield like even crazy like Captain America in a vertical or a horizontal line. And, yeah. like, and he pins him against a tree. And it's like, what? Yeah, that's guy? like <laughs> a one in a billion type of deal. Dude, he's so jacked, man. Um, I just love that fight. It's yeah. the best one-on-one fight in the whole series. I love oh, it so much. It's hands so, down. It's, it's cool. So cool. Uh, but talking about Aragorn, let's jump back to the beginning here. Talking about your ring race you love so much. That fight yeah. on the top of Weathertop with good old like Aragorn, sword in one hand, torch in another. Uh, oh yeah that's a weird thing like it, they yeah. do like the zoom out like landscape and then zoom in and one minute you do get the feeling that they're you know like like it's like this desolate kind of foggy swamp leading up to this like what used to be some sort of like temple thing mm-hmm. and now it's decrepit and whatnot but they do a shot where they've got the the guys in the center of this like call, call it the coliseum <laughs> type thing or yeah. the temple but and it seems very disconnected from everything and you start to get that sense like am i on the sound stage right now oh really you, you felt that way i didn't feel that at all i felt that way at one second um I, you know it, that's about as specific as i can get with it but i i remember getting that feeling for a second i was like what is uh, something's weird here huh. um just a little bit the, the, where they were felt disconnected from the perimeter. Okay. If you know what I mean. Sure. Um, yeah. Well, and, and, it, and it didn't jive with what I saw when the ring wraiths were coming up to the structure. I, I don't know. Either way, um, what a cool moment. Yeah. <laughs> I love how they kind of like almost ghostly glide through the fog as they're yes. approaching. Dude, and that's, and that's like carried on from like the previous stuff in Bree where it's like they show up and they enter the inn just like in attack position. And there's like oh, a yeah, shot I love that. of the keeper, like the innkeeper who's just like this. He's like, oh my God. and they just like it shows them just passing by on the side. It's like. That's perfect. Like, I don't oh, know. Yeah, that was a cool moment. All in the room, and they're all just like, all right, you freaking, you freaking ready for this? <laughs> it's like, oh my God. It's like, <laughs> one of them's like, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love that moment at the at the Prancing Pony in there. Oh my God. It's cool. so good. It's like, and that town of Bree is like the classic, like maybe first or second stop in like a, a fantasy film or RPG or something where you're like, oh yeah, this is like the this is like the classic medieval town. There's like a Peter Jackson cameo yeah. briefly, but that scream they do, um, and just the ring race in general. I think the red eyes on the horse are a little weird, but it's interesting that the hooves are all bloody. I don't know how you feel about that. I know you're big into aesthetics. What do you? How do you feel about the horses? Yeah, so they're kind of disguised as riders. I didn't quite understand it. You know, they're. Because I guess they're typically not; they're disguised as riders in black. Very good. That's what they say in the in the beginning. That's yeah. kind of interesting. I'm kind of like disguise. So what would they normally be? Like the, they'd be the ghostly figures, more or less. Is what that's what okay. you, that's how you kind of see them. Yeah, you see them okay. in the Hobbit for a little bit, but 
they look way cool like this. And I like the metal greaves and the metal like boots that they have that are really weird. Like you couldn't walk around and then they're like weirdly like pointy. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't mind the point, but I, I don't like how the point like turns down. <laughs> yeah, like on some, like, one of them, like, you like, the like you'd be button. walking on your heels all the time. <laughs> like, what the Who made this shit? <laughs> Think about the stirrups, like trying to get out of those. Like they're walking. It would be click, 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 click. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I, regardless, I mean, there are things to pick on with them and, and all that, but um, yeah, let me take a step back. I guess, yeah, so the inn and everything is, is amazing. I love how they have that, you know, it's an immediate reaction when, when the hobbits meet them on the road. Yeah. I mean, it's immediate. They're like, what was that? You know, they know it's not just some guy in a black robe riding around. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, they sense the power of the ring, but only if it's like put on kind of a thing, like they don't know, you know, it's in his upper chest pocket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, so when that one like leans over the edge of the road on the roots on the tree and you know, all the dead, you know, the, the bugs start to come out, you know, like death stench kind of a thing. Um, when it does that, it's like, so it doesn't like sense that the one thing that they're after is like two inches away from his hand. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Part of me's like, man, you would think he's sniffing. Remember, we talked about they sniff, they smell stuff. A little bit. That was kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, I get, like, I feel like the bugs are running away. Did you ever? Oh, you running this? away. Yeah, like the bugs really? are trying to get away from. Like they're like, oh, we gotta get away from this freaking thing. Like this thing sucks. Like <laughs> I don't know. I guess maybe. Um, yeah. Either way, I I, I love the sense and the feeling you get out of them. And obviously the sound is, uh, you know, the sound is just super impactful and, and just jives perfectly. Um, do you know where the sound it's comes all, from? It's always like that elk bugle sound. Oh, like their scream. Yeah. Oh, do you actually know where the sound comes from? Uh, I used to. Okay. I will remind people who have never watched this before. At least this is what the special edition, like, stuff has told me in the past i believe one day and she's pretty um uh i don't know reclusive she doesn't like to be in front as much as her husband but peter jackson's wife um i forget which one she is but anyway uh she came in and she did this she did this scream for the nazgul they like were trying to find out they're like what are we gonna do for this what we need to have a cool scream we have to have a cool noise or whatever for the actual Nazgul in the ring race. And she came in and did that like high pitched, like ethereal, terrifying scream. And they were all like, yeah, that's the one we're going to use. And like, they use it a ton, uh, which is good because it's really cool. For the actual ring race yeah. or for the, not for the horse. That Asgul or whatever is the dragon, right? No, no, no. The, that's the fell beast. That's like the Elkhorn thing. Yeah. Oh, I can't remember. All I know is that they make that same bugle sound that an elk makes, that like high pitched whistle. Oh, really? Maybe they. Are you talking about. You're not talking. Are you talking about the actual ring race themselves? That or the horse. I don't know. The horse I mean, might they're, have done it. they're on the trail at night and they make the sound, I'm pretty sure. And it's that bugle that. That 
that bugle and elk makes. I mean, it's well, the, the ring race have horns too. You know, they just bring them out and they're like over here. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I mean, kind of. That's uh, to a certain degree a little bit what it's like. But mm, there's there's that squelchy scream, and they also do that kind of whistly, high pitched uh, bugle. But e- either way, you know, they kind of they meld well. They're not totally distinct from each other. They they match up so that you know they're coming from them. Um, but I won't overanalyze it. I guess, yeah, obviously, yeah, I, I trust you. I just, early on, as I'm watching the fellowship, they start making those screechy, squelchy sounds. I'm I like, know what you mean. I, I don't know if that might be the horses or not, uh, which, again, did you like the red eyes? I never got a... Yeah, yeah, getting back to their aesthetic, um, I do, I like the horses. Like, they're still, like, living horses. It's not like they're riding, like, a half-bone, half-skin horse or yeah, anything like that. to do... Oh yeah, yeah. How could you do it first off? But uh, but I like that they give them that kind of like undead feel. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I guess. Um, like the which makes them seem a little bit more super. Yeah, it's <laughs> not the right word, but yeah, uh, fantastical. That's a good um, yeah. But. Uh, the nails coming out of the hooves. I almost assume like they dug these guys out of the ground, just like the Urukai or something like oh, that. Sure. Like they were, you know, I, I don't know, something of that nature. That's cool. But the red eyes, I, I do like the fact that the red eyes aren't like, they're not like lit and glowing red, like a sure. Halloween movie. Yeah. They're actually more of like a very faint red, um, barely a glow like they look like natural but they're all just kind of redded out almost as if like blood had pooled in there a little bit yeah sure um so i because i actually remember specifically looking at that 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 a few times because i was like i gotta look at the horses (laughs) and and they look good i I liked it so i like the red eyes i don't think they're overdone by any means um could they have been overdone yeah i think a little more and they were there yeah oh for sure so there there was a fine line to walk with them yeah one thing i love too about these guys and it's such a simple design too but they do one or two close-ups like on the ring rates themselves um like they'll do like a side shot uh but then they'll do like one where like zooms in right on like their face and it's just darkness it's just black nothing like it's so good like they could have easily done like a like a skeleton face or like you know they could have done creepy eyes but it was like nope it's just darkness and it's just like oh yeah it's like no, that's the right call. It's the right call. It's the right call. For sure. Yeah. I, you don't ever get a lot of time to really look at them detail-wise. They're either always moving or it's so dark you don't quite get that feature detail. Like, yeah. like when you talk about this look on them, you I think you get that what? At that like temple what do you call that? That temple scene? Oh, Weathertop? Weathertop? That's what they call it? Yeah, it's the name of it. It's an old watchtower. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But when they're there, I, I think you kind of get a chance to inspect them a little more closely. Yeah. Um, and there's that great moment where one does a take like this. He like he's like, Whoa! and then Aragorn whips the torch into his face. He's like, he's the last oh. one. He's like, he's like, oh, everything's going wrong. And he's like, wait, where's that guy? Turns around, and just torch in the face. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. So, good. <laughs> so here's the thing. Here's the thing. I love the ring race all the way up until that point. When they get in that fight with them, you know, I like the moment up until he stabs Frodo and then, you know, things change and they start fighting and all that. 
that fight and Aragorn, like I get the fire thing. Like, okay, riddle me this. If that's like, that's the ring race, one weakness. <laughs> I, I, I don't, does like he actually kill any of them there? No, he doesn't because all nine are chasing uh, the elf girl through the woods after that. Are all nine chasing her? I thought there were seven. Yeah. Oh, I'm pretty sure there were nine. I think I was counting. They all get washed away in the river and there were, I mean, it looked like there were nine or ten. I was looking because I was thinking like maybe the two that were set on fire didn't show up because he sets two on fire and I was like, well, those two might be like, all right, we're down to like heal. And I think like it's it's the elements because they kind of show it on the Buckleberry Ferry. Like they, they're like, we don't do water. And then like with the fire, they're like, we don't do fire. And so like when they get to the river again with Arwen, it's like, oh, yeah, they don't they really don't like water. I don't know. I think it's kind of a cool thing, but it's for some odd reason that's not information that's spread to everybody. And I just don't think a lot of people know about the ring rates. So like if so, you just be like, oh, yeah, just light them up with fire. Just just like anybody yeah. could fight them. Like, but I think they're so intimidating. Nobody thinks to try that because you're like, OK. I don't know this. Oh, I mean, I see a guy and just I see a a humanoid figure in nothing but big black cloth. (laughs) That's getting lit on fire. Like that's my first thought. (laughs) But it doesn't kill him, right? So like they do come back, and I don't know if they're in that that chase sequence or not. I was trying to. Yeah. The thing is, is I I feel like okay, that was a no win situation. So how do you actually have them have a conflict and yeah. not win out, right? And not kill so all you have to, Yeah, yeah. So somehow you have to give them an upper hand or have Aragorn, you know, win the day. But I feel like they could have done it and done it in similar fashion with the fire and all that good stuff. But maybe. I'll be honest. I think the acting on the ring race part was a little cheesy. You know, what you pointed out there where he's like, Whoa! <laughs> fire in the face. I'm like, I love it. First of all, I don't like that type of movement out of them. I want them to be more, I don't want to say ghostly, but I guess that's kind of it. But I want them to maybe be more fluid in their movement. I don't want them to be like a human that just got surprised because he got sucker punched in the cheek. I want them to maybe be a little more. I mean, they need to be there. I mean, right now to this point, they're the baddest of the bad, really. Um, Minus what? (laughs) Saruman, I guess. I mean, maybe. Yeah. I don't, I don't know, but it's just, as far as bad guys that you'd be scared of running around in the woods, they're they're it, right? Um, you know, I could kill an orc or two, I guess, is what I'm getting at. This instead of a ring wraith, who would I rather run into, right? Sure. Um, I have a theory. Do you want to hear the theory? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. I, I just feel like they cheese them up in that that fight. That's okay. what I'm getting. So the ring wraith up until that point, you're right. They are coordinated. They're so coordinated. They move into, they like, they SWAT team buildings together, like just in perfect precision. <laughs> they get over beds together. They're like, all right. They walk into that fight against the hobbits, all their swords like this. And you're like, okay, these guys have got it together. And like to them, they're like, who have we been hunting up until this point? We've been hunting four little hobbits. We're going to show up. We're going to mess these guys up. And then. Out of nowhere, they're like, oh, the ring. Holy crap, We've it, it really is here. They're kind of freaking out about it. But these guys were old kings, right? 
they might not have been the greatest fighters. Like, they probably didn't fight for a while. And then there's Aragorn who shows up. He's battle ready. And they were like, hey, he's throwing off our whole cool dance vibe mojo. Like, we, we can't be coordinatedly stabbing things together right now. So that's the reason they all turn to be like, oh, no. Like, they all start freaking out because they're not ready to fight anybody because they're like, we're just going to. They even pull the two, like, hobbits in front. They just, like, throw them to the sides. Like, there's, like, at the same moment, they're like, whoop, like that. <laughs> they just kind of, like, throw them. They're like, that was the moment that just broke their their momentum, you know? But you're right. It is a little corny. That's just the way I, I try to justify because the coolest guys do get kind of turned into, like, <laughs> bumbling idiots for a minute there. They're like... Yeah. Yeah. They almost, almost, for a split second, they're almost going to be called cannon fodder with the way Aragorn takes care of them. Yeah, but they come back. They're unkillable, except... they're Yeah, they're kind of unkillable, right? So, uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. But still, like, I would have rather seen some sort of, uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah, a way to defeat them or get them to leave. Maybe play more with the fire idea. Yeah. Right? Sure. Like, um, you know, soak the floor in brandy or something. Right? You got that in the satchel on the horse. Soak the floor and then light the flame when they walk in and get Frodo and lights them all up and they all squelch and scream and, and like float out of there or yeah. something. Right? If they were consistent. That would be great. Yeah. But instead, it's like a it's like a human-to-human fight kind of a thing. But, you know, you guys are wearing a lot of clothes. I know I can set you on fire. Yeah. Well, they should – if, like, they became consistent villains for the Fellowship throughout, then it would be kind of cool to have them, like – get tactics like that where they're like hey oh yeah next time we'll make sure aragorn and legolas like they've got bows right now aragorn uses it briefly in this one but like they'll have fire arrows or something but i think it's because you don't really see them too much again until like really weird moments that they're not prepared for it i know it's not perfect it is weird you never see them again almost at all do you you do uh, 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 they come back on the uh the flying beast. The fell beast. Yeah, you'll see him a little bit in, and then Nosgiliath. They try to get the ring again from Frodo. Uh, they did have a contingency plan though, which I'll give the Witch King that because he uses the Morgul blade, which is like a little dagger, and he tries to turn Frodo into a wraith. He's like, "Oh, you know what? If I'm not gonna kill this guy, I'm gonna make sure that even if he gets away again, that he's gonna turn into one of us, and then we'll have the oh, ring." Oh yeah. Like it was like, there you go. Not a bad. He tried. Yeah. Um, but speaking of fights, and you didn't know it was the Witch King. Which, how do I know it's Witch King? Uh, they bring it up in Return of the King. Um, Gandalf, they're talking about the Witch King and they're doing this really cool moment where they're like, they're showing him suit. Don't they go into, the, they're in the mountains and they stumble upon their tomb or something? And the That is in The Hobbit. Son of a bee. Yeah. And um, we never see him in The Hobbit, do we? Yes, we do. We see him in um, the Battle for the Five Armies. They're the ghost versions. So they're not as cool. Huh. Yeah. Definitely. Um, that's because they're that's because we know them as as riders in black, but they're disguised. So most of the time they wouldn't be like this. But for us, we're like, that's the ring wraith. Um but what was I getting to? Uh, yeah, it's the Grim Reaper. Rim Wraith. Yeah. Grim Reaper. Um but anyway such they, an iconic figure. Yeah. Gandalf tells Pippin, he says like when they're talking about the Witch King, he's like he's the like he's the leader of their armies. He also says he's the one that stabbed Frodo on Weathertop. And he's like, oh, that guy. Um, he doesn't have his cool, crazy, like, helmet thing on, though, right now. He doesn't have that yet, <laughs> which is Wait, who funny. does he tell Stab Frodo on Mother Top? Uh, Gandalf tells Pippin 
in in Minnesota. Oh, okay. He's like they're talking about like the coming armies and stuff like that. And he's like, yeah, he's the one that stabbed him. He's like, oh man, really? That guy? He's uh, pretty rough. So that's the only reason I know that he stands out. The other ones all interchangeable. I don't know him. Um, I don't know which one's which. But uh, but speaking of Gandalf and other fights, I wanted to talk about the wizard fight just briefly between Gandalf and Saruman. Uh, kind of a yeah. The ringways are really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Ringways are cool. Just, <laughs> how dare you oh, yeah so the ring race no 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 it's not that. um uh i like what was that ring race yeah uh, yeah that part when the ring race had I, snaps, I do like those quite a bit uh, <laughs> i think they could have gone crazy with that fight but they didn't and i respect it it's a lot of just old men yelling and telekinetic blasts and stuff but i'm really oh, okay yeah. with it i think it's fine it's brutal it's not like Voldemort versus Dumbledore. It's just like, uh, kind of thing. I don't know. I think it's all right. What do you think? Well, yeah, they're not going to chant up some spell at each other in like a split second. Those things seem to take a little bit of time. So it's not like that's a choreographed way of fighting. Yeah. <laughs> so they're going to use their kind of quick tricks and, and telekinetic type of deals. But, uh, do you ever wonder how they get Gandalf? I don't understand how he gets him on the roof. Thank you. I was just going to say, how does he get him on the roof? I think he, he must open something up, right? Like there must be. Yeah, there's up. like a shutter up there and it opens and then it shuts just like, you know, the hatch on a submarine only automatic or something. Right? I do like the kind of puppeteering that he does. Saruman does it twice where he'll like, he has Gandalf spinning in that really weird way, which I'm pretty sure is just not double. Um <laughs> <laughs> in the room. Oh, yeah, he looked like he was getting dizzy, and yeah. they just must have him slung up by the waist and the knees or something. So and then he... later on, when he's on like on the top of Orthanc, and he throws him off the side, and he's like hanging there, but he's like like perpendicular um, to the actual like tower itself. Yeah. I love. I'm like that's so cool. He's like straight up threatening him. He's like, I could drop you. Like it's like I don't know. I like it. I think Christopher Lee is amazing. Uh, I also think Ian McKellen's amazing. And they're both great. And I just like Saruman, you know, from the beginning is a bad guy. Like everybody knows like he's a bad guy. I think that's the reason Gandalf didn't bring Frodo with him. Because I've always thought like, why wouldn't you be like, hey, Frodo, come with me. We're going to go see the head of my order. Uh, He'll probably know what to do. But he's like, nope, you go to Bree. I'll go check this out because I'm going to bring it up. But I'm not sure. Like, I feel like Gandalf wasn't even sure. Right. Otherwise, he would have brought Frodo with him. Right. Why would Gandalf expect or suspect anyway? We don't have any, we don't have any background there to base any assumptions on, you know, uh, you know, a prior meeting or him talking about him or, you know, yeah, the other week when I met with Saruman, he had this thing going on and, you know, there's none of that. So I, Oh, the only reason I say that is because he looks terrifying and like his building looks like a straight up bad guy fortress. <laughs> I mean, that's for sure. sure. Yeah. So I just don't know why Gandalf didn't bring Frodo with him. That's the only reason I could think is like he just didn't trust anybody. He's like, well, I almost took the ring, but I didn't want it. And he totally would take the ring. (laughs) Maybe that was the fear. Can we say that? That's true, too. Yeah, he's probably fearful of he doesn't want anybody else to lay eyes on it, get corrupted and wanted to have it for their own, that sort of thing, or use it against Solomon or uh, Sauron. Sauron, Jesus. Oh, I know, they're close. The problem is the fact that those two guys have close names. Shame on uh, uh, J.R. Tolkien. Do you know how to tell the difference? Do you know the way, the one way that's helped me through the years? Do you want to know what it is? There's an extra syllable in there. No, Sauron. I think 
Sar think think uh, Mon Man has to be Saruman. Saruman. Like he is the guy. He's the dude. Sauron's like the super crazy tall guy. So you're just like Saruman, Saruman. Oh, he's the he's the humanoid looking dude. I'll still not remember it. You're stop. welcome. I've helped you. Um, no. <laughs> Sauron. I love Sauron. Which Sauron? I love his armor. I like that shot of him where he's like doing the whole like he's like I'm making the ring, baby. Like at the beginning, where he's like in in the mount in Mount Doom, and he's like, yes, he's like I'm finally doing confession. I missed that little portion. I came in right after the moment of cutting the fingers off. Oh, were you? Did you like have it running and you're making food? How'd you know I was making a snack? Of course, I was making a snack. <laughs> well, at least you didn't miss the part in the back in the beginning where it's all black and she's talking. She could like you can have that effect anywhere. You could shut your eyes. And... I caught like the first couple seconds of that, and yeah. Also, no wonder you. I was talking about Mordor. Well, it's okay. You're fine. It's all good. Yeah, you're talking about the arrows past the elf guy, and I it's was all like, good. Don't worry about it. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, yeah. What I was gonna say though, I love about this movie specifically, <laughs> yeah, specifically is like this movie, and they do it in other ones too, but more so in this one. There's like these these main, you know, protagonists in Gandalf, Aragorn, even Galadriel, who all get this option where Frodo's like, if you want the ring, it's yours, like, and they all like pass on it. Like, I like the idea of this thing of being, the crazy elf lady, the elf that's queen, Galadriel. Like, yeah, 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 she like. She like went off the deep end for a second. Was she bad or good? She's good. The problem is she was like, okay, the whole, and she's kind of scary in that moment. She was saying like, if she took the ring, she would become something different. She would become like this, this terrifying, but also beloved creature uh, that like would rule the whole world, but also people be afraid of her, but they would just like fawn over her. It was just kind of like combo thing. Um, and she's desired that power, but she was like, you know what? Nope, I don't need it. And it's like, cool. And like all those characters, like it just kind of shows that like all of them are powerful to some extent, but they are passing up power. And the the seeds they plant here, especially with Aragorn going forward, I think are the most interesting because he's so concerned. Like his, his arc over this movie is like, Man, Isildur, like, 3,000 years ago, like, screwed up, and this is why we have this problem. And he's like, I've, that's the same, I have the same blood, I'm going to do the same thing. But he overcomes it, whereas his kind of foil or his dark mirror is Boromir, kind of like Indiana Jones and, um, not Beckett, what's the, ball, ball. The other guy, the French guy, the Raiders of the Last Ark, Belloc. There it is, the Belloc. other guy. <laughs> it's like that situation. So he like he sees Boromir and he's like, okay, this is like a what like a like a weaker willed individual would do. This is what he was afraid of becoming. But he he totally passes up that moment, you know. And even Gandalf at the beginning is like, I would use it for good, but he's like, the problem is the power it would wield through me probably wouldn't be great. Like if he used it. And I don't think it's just about being an invisible wizard, which I would imagine would be pretty powerful on the battlefield. But at the same time, I'm sure it would be like much worse than that. You know, it's not just like, Oh cool. I'm invisible now. It's like, is that the thing you're always invisible that way? So like Sauron, when he's in his armor on the battlefield, is he invisible? No, just can, in that armor. No, is he like a spirit in the armor? You can see him. Yeah. You can totally see him. Uh, yeah. Don't No, He's there. When he's in his armor on the battlefield, you don't see a physical, you do. You don't see any 
flesh, you just see a big suit of armor, don't you? That's true. But that's because Sauron has never been super well described, I don't think, uh, as like an actual character. For some reason, I always think of him as like a lizard man, and he's not. His armor, I'm always like, are you like a lizard? Uh, but there again, he could be, he could be like an ethereal spirit, but he, you like see the ring on him, so it doesn't seem to have that same like camouflage effect. And I don't know if it changes, if it's like, because we he, only see half. He wore the ring on the outside of his armor. Yeah. And it was like on, actually, that might be his flesh. That might be his actual fingers. You know? Think about that for a second. Just try to digest that. I don't know. Don't worry about it. But yeah. Again, I think, um, I don't remember if we ever see another person or like any other creature besides like a halfling ever put the ring on. You know, so I'm wondering oh, yeah. if it has like a different effect because maybe it just enhances. Oh, this is a great idea. Maybe it just enhances the abilities, the natural abilities of an individual because the kind of magic that the hobbits have is like if they yeah, want, they can quiet go, secrets. Yeah, sneak unseen, wherever they want. Yeah, yeah, they're just kind of like, I could just go hide over here and everybody's like, where do you go? So like maybe that is like an enhancement. Just think if you put that on Legolas. You know, man, he's just like, he grabs like his whole quiver and he just like puts it back and he's like, (laughs) everybody's dead. And he's like, "Mm." (laughs) Like, oh my gosh. Uh, The acrobatic moves he could do. I mean, geez, upside down, backwards, up, down, around and sideways. (laughs) He just like at Helm's Deep and just like the whole, like the Uruk are coming and he's just walking in that, just like it's raining in the field all by himself. They're like, it's one elf. And then he's just like walking. He's got like four bows and they're like, (laughs) (laughs) he just keeps pulling out a quiver of arrows, locking them all in, shoots them up in the sky, (laughs) rains arrows. And Gimli's just like, he's like, well, he's, Cheating, clearly. Um, <laughs> Still only counts as one. <laughs> yeah. It's like, come on, man, you're cheating. Um, which I feel like in a war scenario, and you see this later on too, if you were any archer, I feel like I'd want to be one of the archers behind the wall who's just kind of like, I'm, I think... I think something's happening. Like you're just shooting arrows over the wall. <laughs> like there's a lot of them. I gotta be hitting something. Like put all the elves um, up on the wall and put all the. We'll talk about that for Helm's Deep. It's like how long do you think it would take you to be like, okay, I'm, I'm. If you're an archer, eventually you're gonna be like, hey, these guys have metal swords. They're wearing metal armor. All this metal, metal, metal. Yeah, my arrowheads are made out of metal, but the rest of it's a stick with some feathers. Yeah, this thing weighs like a couple ounces for crying out loud. At what point are you like, this bow is going to be strong as shit. I'm making metal arrows, man. These are basically, I'm throwing spikes out there. Fuck arrows. Okay. Right. That's a good point. Well, did Lurtz Cause the weight have, behind that would allow it to just did Lurtz have metal arrows. I was wondering about that. Cause he, he has a metal no. bow. He's got like a reinforced no. bow. Oh. I remember looking, yeah, his bow had like an extreme drawback pressure, but I remember um I remember his arrows were very uh they were a lot like thicker and twiggier. Yeah. Uh twiggier is not the right word, but like um his arrows were like the stump, Legolas's are like the twig. Yeah. 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 But uh, they which, seem to be natural wood and all. You get those Aragorn, those two shots he uses his actual... He looks very... He doesn't seem like he's confident with his bow when they're in Moria. He's, maybe he's scared, but he's like... Okay. Uh, <laughs> he gets some good shots, though. And then Legolas actually, in the extended edition, gets a different bow from Galadriel. 
So he gets like a special stronger bow. And that's why I think specifically then, well, he does. No, he does in Moria too. There's a few shots where he clear, he like clears like a goblin. Like he goes like right through him and like hits the wall. Oh, yeah. and you're like, he's like shooting yeah. like later on when he's shooting at Amon Hand. Maybe that's his bow. It makes these noises where you're like, I think he's got a gun. Like he's just like, thump, 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 and you're like, whoa. Okay. I remember when he's on the staircase uh, before the Balrog shows up, he shoots an arrow up and that's one of those moments yeah. where he hits something in the throat and it goes right through and hits the wall. It's so cool. Um, I love that. I like those yeah. little details. Yeah. I like those little details. That's always fun. Um, I would hide if I were those goblins. I'd be like, don't even, why are we even fighting at this guy? I would stop shooting arrows at him. Like, he's going to kill us all. Until the blonde lady leaves him, I'm not fighting him. <laughs> From a distance, though. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> From a distance. I don't know. Yeah. Legolas is badass. I like yeah. him. Yeah. Um, oh, man. Which, side note, there's no downside to being an elf, it doesn't seem like. You've got like keen senses. You're like an amazing fighter. You live forever. You can walk on top of snow. Like I was trying to find some sort of big drawback to being an elf. I guess it sucks if you people make fun of your ears. Maybe, maybe they do. But the hobbits also have the same type of ears. That's all I'm trying to say. I feel like whatever. Just saying that's the only drawback. (laughs) I just think if a few of them, if a few of them were a little more excited about helping out in this fight. I don't think they need to leave to the Grey Havens. That's all I'm trying to say. There's a lot of them leaving to the Grey Havens. They even have it in the extended edition. There's more of them leaving. It's like, just like 20 of you. All I need is like 20 who are like in the Legolas elf camp training school. Like, <laughs> I don't know what he's doing. That you- Are elves like, uh, like, at this point, are elves rare? Like there's diminishing populations of them or something? Yeah, there's, um, there's something with that where they're like, there's a lot less of them. And they're all like abandoning Middle Earth to move on to like... The Grey Havens, which is like, kind of like heaven, I think. Kind of they're like, them. They're like yeah. I'm out I'm out of here, man. We've had a few of our number taken and making it of these crazy orcs and stuff. Like, we need to go. So, okay. I don't know. Uh, yeah. yeah. Overall, the elves are really cool through and through. But um, Rivendell, man. Isn't Rivendell the best? Yeah. It's yeah, so beautiful. Cool. Some of those landscapes and uh, settings that they create, uh, regardless of whether there's computer involved or not some of them are just absolutely outstanding yeah um i caught but, it uh, i mean we could go on and on there's so many details in this that you want to like question and talk about what did you think about yeah, it's that the deep um, it is kind of fun i guess uh oh i had another one on the tip of my tongue a second oh let's jump back to the fight between uh saruman and uh gandalf in the tower well yeah he beats him because he freaking rips the Gandalf staff out of his hand. And then he's like double fit. You know, he's like, freaking. he's a Kimbo in this shit. Right. He's like, <laughs> take that. Bam, bam, pew, pew. And he, that. How does Gandalf jump onto the Eagle, fly away and get his stuff back? So great question. Gandalf can make other staffs. Yeah. Prove it. <laughs> I don't remember which one it is. There's one. Um, His hat, too. I don't think he had the hat at the time. Where'd the hat come from? Okay, so the hat is questionable. So he, I'm trying to remember. He takes the hat, goes into, he might has to, must have buy another hat. He also, I think, loses it when they're going into Moria during the Watcher sequence, the fight with the big octopus thing. But then he has, really? he gets yeah. it later on again. I don't know. Um, His hat. It's in his bag or something, uh, but I think he can make sure. up his uh, Yeah, you ever see the movie Felix or the cartoon Felix the Cat? He's it's one of those situations. Popular. I got a bunch of hats in this bag. Yeah, and... uh, 
He also gets a staff <laughs> blown up in Return of the King, but that's the extended edition. Like the Witch King shows up and like he like the Witch King lights his sword on fire, like his own sword or something, and he like makes it explode or something like that. He like makes it. But anyway, yeah, you're right. How does he get a staff back? I think he can just make. He can just get like a a stick and he can, you know. It sounds like I'll need to watch the extended version of Return of the King. Yeah. Um, it's great. Okay. Great I'll suspend that uh, call. I know, it's, not, it's not perfect. Uh, I like the whole But thing. I immediately thought of it. I'm like, but what about his staff? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I really like the idea of like the eagles and it takes time. And like the moth is like the herald for the eagles. Because like, I would think, I don't know if eagles really eat moths or something. I don't know where the connection is there. But I, I, like I don't that. know what like, it was. Yeah. He just kind of catches it and, it. and I think that's a real moth or whatever it is. It looks amazing. It's like sitting on his hand and you're like looking at the detail oh, yeah. and you're like, Wow, that's so. I think that very well could have been a real moth. For yeah, sure. I was like, oh, I love that whole bit, and I love that that's the first time you see the eagles. Is you're like, how is Gandalf going to get out of this situation? And up until this point, you've seen some kind of crazy things, but like summoning a giant eagle would not be the thing I would think he's going to get away with. And there's like the moon behind like Saruman, and then you just see it kind of duck past, and you're like, wait, what's happening? And you're like, oh. He just got away. Like, he jumped on a giant eagle, uh, which is always the biggest kind of criticism of these movies. The eagles are not a taxi cab service. They don't care about your problems, really. They'll help out if they have to, but they're not just going to freaking fly you somewhere just because you want to. You say the word fly, and I immediately think Gandalf when he's on the bridge after the Balrog knocks him down. Fly, you fools. Of course. Yeah. Let's get the eagles. Let's go. That's what I've, I remember hearing that a few years ago. And I was like, oh, that's a fun, like, little, like, idea. But I also think it's just, like, old English where he's like, run as fast as you can. Like, he's like, what are you doing? Yes. I I know. I just like to poke I, fun. I, I, think sure. it's, I think it's good, too. The thing is, they, they didn't do this in the movies. They did it in one of the games. The eagles can actually talk. And I think it's a good thing they didn't because it always gets a little weird when you start to have creatures like that. Um, that have like a beak and they're supposed to have lips and you're like how are you doing yeah like for me i don't like that the trees talk oh yeah and the second one <laughs> something to look forward to uh yeah like i get why they do and it all makes sense and it's it's whatever but i feel like i would have rather i would have rather like they they sh- show conversation through action sure. or or some sort of different sound, like if maybe they moved and groaned, um, you know, they tear a tree down or chop a tree in half or or rip boughs off or something, the tree like groans and moves, you know, and the hobbits that are in the tree like figure out, well, they're upset that they're being killed and yada yada. And, and then one thing leads to another. I, I, I think if they would have, you know, I mean, how can you complain about talking trees? Like, that's the craziest thing we've seen in these movies. Well, to a certain extent, I think I would appreciate it slightly more if it was a little more natural. Maybe. I think Treebeard has a big speaking role in the books, so they were like, we can't get around it. Yeah, there's no way. But they did cut Tom hey, Bombadil. Let's, good. We'll wait till we watch that movie. I, I, I'll, I'll think about it more then. But uh, They cut Tom Bombadil? who was like this super magical, very powerful creature who apparently was not ever tempted by the ring. It could use the ring if you wanted to. I was like, good thing they got rid of that guy. Cause like <laughs> people would be like, wait a second, wait a second. 
who's this guy? And they're like, hey, he's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. Uh, it'd be like Captain no. Marvel shows up and yeah. why doesn't yeah. they, why don't they just take it? To yeah. the... just, <laughs> Captain Marvel, please. Just how would you just take the infinity gauntlet and just fly just straight up into the sky? Um, and just, just put it on and make a wish. Uh, she probably could have tanked that thinking about that. Anyway, um, neither here nor there. Uh, <laughs> um, say, Marvel, you Marvel. suck. I love Holes you, Marvel. Punched. I want it's to work over. For you. I'm going to help you. Um, we're going to, we're going to do great things together. Uh, uh, I do want to talk about this though. One thing that you do kind of lose in subsequent movies that I think is one of the greatest things here. First off, I think this is maybe the most like magical. It kind of reminds me of like the very first Harry Potter films a little in that it's like, oh, it's, there's magic in this world and it's interesting and there's a lot of different places and it's, it's really cool. But also the dynamic of the fellowship, like you don't really get like they kind of, you know, they pair off and kind of do their own little quests. But there's something so great about this group of nine guys that are they get so bonded and the extended edition even kind of drive that further. And they have other like little side conversations and little like little one liners that uh, kind of add on to their characters. And I love it so much. I love watching like like they make Boromir super likable to some extent, you know, when he's like fighting Mary and Pippin, he's like, he's like, ah, it's kind of fun. Oh, yeah, you know? and like yeah, sure. later on Gandalf dies and he's like, give them a moment for pity's sake. And Aragorn's like, we gotta, we gotta freaking go, man. Like he's like, Aragorn's like, I'm full leader mode now, but like they make Boromir really fun. And like, they've got this kind of like racism between like Gimli and Legolas has a little more of it more so in the extended edition uh like <laughs> i like that, that. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny it's, yeah there's like he has like one line specifically where they're they're looking for the the door into moria and uh gimli says well dwarven doors are invisible after they're made because it's like to protect stuff and gandalf says something like yeah well the problem is with that like if if you forget where the door is, like you're gonna you're not gonna be able to find out where your treasures are. And then Legolas just says quietly, "Why am I not surprised?" And I was like, <laughs> I was like, he's like throwing shade. Legolas barely speaks, but like what he does, it's either like, "Hey, there's a new enemy," or he's like, "Hey, dude, you suck." Like <laughs> it's like very funny. Uh, but. I, I love it. I love the the dynamic there and um, starting to really like these characters and how they work with each other. Was there anybody in particular that you enjoyed or liked the, the kind of the relationship of? I think all great acting um, and, you know, per character. Uh, my favorites, similar to you, I love Gandalf. I think Ian McKellen is excellente. Perfect. Um, and it, right out of the gate, too. Like, no development required. Yeah. He is on on point yeah. right from the start. Um, <clears throat> my other um, preferred character slash actor is most definitely Orlando Bloom as Legolas. To be honest, I feel like because I'm kind of looking at okay, this is this is fresh. This is the start of this whole thing. Who who is the most on point right from the first step? And I honestly feel between those two, really? th- they had it. You know, Legolas isn't like you know you don't get a lot of speech and whatnot. I, I think Aragorn with uh, with uh, <laughs> name again, please name line. Vigo Martinson. Uh, Vigo, yeah. Um, I, I think he's right up there, too. There's nothing bad to say about any of them. I just think as far as my preference, obviously, Ian McKellen, number, numero uno. But uh, Legolas, I think, a close second. I think he has some, like, 
they give him some moments where it's like uh uh how do you say it like a more intimate like um you know, like when he talks about there's a there's a foul whisper on the wind or something when they're getting slammed with the storm up in the mountains and and um, other little kind of like more nonchalant normally you wouldn't pick it up moments. So, um, which I can kind of appreciate. Um, s- speaking of, did you notice when they're in? And did I answer the question? I'm sorry, I trail off. No, you did. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, you did. Um, let's jump to when they're in the mountains up there for a second. Saruman's putting that, you know, yeah. you know, hocus pocus. I'm going to blow you guys off the side of that mountain. Um, <laughs> so the snow and the rocks and the ice chunks keep falling off the top edge down on the ledge that they're walking on. If you really slowly watch that, really try and soak it in, did you not start to realize that, like, they use, like, it had to have been, like, a miniature setup? Like, I swear. For, like the clip? <laughs> this is, yeah, this is a slight dig, but it's almost like I'm going back and watching Star Wars New Hope. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> um, the only reason I joke about that is just because of the practicality and how they use like miniatures to do certain things. Right. Um, I feel like as I watched that, maybe I'm totally wrong, but it was, first of all, it was very practical and real. They kind of slow motion it for a second or two, okay. like as the snow falls down on them, there's it, it like gets a little weird, but it also totally looks like it's miniature. So, they could have done that there. I will tell you this from the behind the scenes that I've seen. When it shows the actual actors, which obviously that yes. probably wouldn't be a miniature, right? Yeah. Um, that was on a soundstage. And apparently it was like, I think they had said it was like s- at least 70 degrees in there, if not more. And they're like, we all have to pretend we're shivering as they put like this fake snow on us and we're in like big coats. And we're like covered up to here, you know, with fake snow. Yeah. Uh, so that's where they shot a lot of that was inside. Uh, for that they might have done it on a soundstage because you do get that feeling obviously you're not on a real side of a cliff or anything you got to be on something as a base and that camera's boomed out here right yeah but when they actually do some of the snow falling onto that ledge and stuff for some reason i mean it's it's one of those two it might have been the soundstage and they actually did like you know kind of heave the snow over the edge to fall down on them it could have been um, though without them there it could have been poor cg or it was a miniature it was like at the time it was the best yeah i don't know there's something weird about it you st- you pick up on it just slightly and you kind of tell that like the actors aren't there when that happens but they you know they make it look like they are it, it, i don't know you start to get a little suspicious i guess i would say but still well done um but I really want to know if I'm right, if they used miniature uh, scale stuff in any way there. Oh, I'm sure like on the mountain itself, maybe. Uh, I think the reason yeah. I buy it more is because like the shot before that is like all of them on top of like an actual mountain. And there's that whole sequence where Boromir like picks up the ring and there's like, and they're all kind of like standing on the mountain together and Aragorn's like grabbing his, like the hilt of his sword. Like that is so authentic. Yeah. Or, it's, or at least they did a good job making it feel that way where it's like, yeah, I buy that they're all standing up here. Like they're all just kind of like, Oh, for sure. I mean, that leads up and sets the stage for that next moment when they're up in the, 
you know, really snowy and getting pummeled. But yeah, um, which imagine if they actually tried to film that on like the side of a mountain during a storm, like the audio, they'd be like, I don't put mics on them and we'll CG them out, you know? <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know no like mountain no movies, way. I don't know how they do it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a good point though. Um, and I love I love the whole time that whole sequence. Gandalf's like, you know what, man? We're gonna have to. I guess we're just gonna have to go up and over the mountains now because a bunch of crowboying from Dunlin, those crows were here. They're like Gap Rohans. It's a lost cause, and he's like, I will do anything to avoid going in that flipping mine. And then there's like this huge setup of this thing, and they show like the like the Balrog picture in Saruman's book, and you're like, what the heck? Yep. Like, what are you talking about? And it just and just Gandalf like going. All right, let's let the ring bearer decide. And Frodo's like, we're going in the mines. And he's like, so be it. And then when they finally come, like, you hear it coming and his eyes, he's just like, so like, just this knowing of like, oh, yeah. God, he's like, why? He's like, I'd rather die on the side of a mountain. Right I, now. I like Saruman talking about it. He says, you know what they awoke when they dug too deep or whatever Dude, or something so or other. Good. Yeah, totally. I, I just adore that sequence. But the mountain stuff, um, I, I think I remember this too. Sean Bean was not a huge fan of helicopters. I'm not sure if that still holds, but like for a lot of these shots, he would actually like climb up the mountains or like climb to a certain portion where he wouldn't have to get flown out there because he really so like in his full gear. So he would look more haggard than most people would because he like showed up like, yeah, I just walked, you know, a couple miles and climbed. I was like, (laughs) I was like, wow, me like, yeah, I'll take the helicopter. But that's again, I don't. I don't know. I guess I'm not as intense as he is. Uh, but Weird. it's interesting stuff that you hear about, like, that went on there. And sometimes, like, you really can tell when they're running in, like, the wild. You're like, and when you see the shots of, like, the fake, like, when you see, like, Minas Tirith or something, like, when Gandalf goes in the very beginning, you see it, which is, like, a great kind of nod towards Return of the King. But you're like, yeah, that's clearly a fake structure. But, like, when they're running in, like, the big open fields and stuff, you're like, no, that's all real. Like, you're like, you know, Oh, you said Sean Bean, too. So, uh... Yeah. Boromir. Yeah, Boromir. Uh, which, um, <laughs> by the way, his um his gauntlets are so cool. Um, and I love that later on you get that one like brief shot of Aragorn putting the gauntlets on and kind of like accepting. He's like, "Yep, I guess I'm, I'm with you know I'm I'm for the I'm for the race of men now." And you know I guess stand up for it. it's got kind of like the white tree a little bit on it of Gondor. Like if you in the early moments, I when they introduced him, I was kind of appreciating his look. Yeah. He, you know his his garb is actually probably the coolest of any of them um, like or in fact it is but yeah well like it's just all of it like the the costume design like even gandalf's hat in the beginning where it kind of swoops swoops back and then kind of goes up to a point but it's not just like a pure regular wizard's hat like it's got this kind of this vibe to it and you're like man just like everything just so detail oriented and then it goes into the fact that like each orc is so terrifyingly real like those things are so scary you're like Oh, I like as an actor, like I I couldn't imagine it being easier to be like, yeah, that's a real thing. Like if I didn't know that was Dave over there, I'd yeah. be like, Dave, yeah. get away from me, dude. Like, no, it's, it's Dave. I'm like, get, your, get away from me. I'll stab you. Uh, I'll stab you. Uh, like that. And the no, it gives you a more real reaction, yeah. right? Yeah. Just like it all looks so good. And again, they could have overdone like the ring wraith look, but they didn't. They're just like, it's just their riders dressed in black. It's cloak. They've got metal greaves and and metal boots that's it like 
and it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Like, why would you, mm-hmm. why change it? You don't need to. Like, oh my gosh, it's just the, the costume design the more, alone. It's just so. The more practical and believable, the better. I mean, you make it too outlandish and people are just like. <laughs> yeah, like even Saruman's staff, they could have gone like crazy with, but you could tell that it was like handmade or something. Like you look at it, and you're like, you yeah. can see like there's little imperfections to it. And you're like, yeah, that was somebody made that. Like this yeah. wasn't something they were just like, all right, or we'll CGI in something later. Uh by the yeah. way, what did you think of the Palantirs? Like the seeing, the seeing eye thing. Do you like those? Oh yeah, you shouldn't be looking into these. You don't know they haven't all been accounted for. You have no clue who else is looking. Yeah, right. And those. Really, I guess what makes you bring that up? I guess I don't really care too much. I they play a bigger role later on, so that's what I, just, I just thought I'd bring it up. Just interested to know if you thought. Yeah, about I forget it. who's on the other end. Sauron. He's all like, hey, how you doing? A creepy voice. I'm an eyeball. Remember that? That part? It's brief. Later on? It, in a different... different. Uh, yes, but it also... It's the, in this one, too. Like, Gandalf puts the cloth back over it, and then he's like... Oh. Yeah, and he sees the eye for a second. Like, yeah, oh God. sure. Which, the eye, by the way, I think is such an iconic, like, perfect representation of Sauron that like you just see it and you're like you know even in a half a second you're like oh yeah i know what that is like sure you know yeah. like it's just uh, like wreathed in flame you're like whoa that thing is crazy when you get a good look at like a frodo at the end of the movie and like they zoom up onto it and you're like oh my gosh like it's um pretty intense uh yeah yeah, yeah. i really dig it uh any other kind of things you want to talk about before we just kind of wrap up here with some of the the community's thoughts too out of the three, where does it sit for you currently? Oh. Uh, I think the Two Towers is probably the best one. And it's been a while since I've seen them all. Uh, it's the first time I've watched Fellowship in probably years. Um, I know I've seen it more than just the first time in theaters. I know I've seen it maybe once or twice after that fact, but... I don't know. I feel like I like the action parts of, of the second one a little more. So, I, I mean, this is like a second. I, it might even. I don't know. Oh, that's so freaking hard. I can't right. rank the Lord of the Rings. Shut up, it's man. Right. I know. Don't ask me dumb questions. I want to see. I want to see if you can do it. Uh, I've got a few notes here. I don't know if you took any notes that you wanted to, to bring up, too. Um, these are just like very small notes. First one, it's always bothered me. You don't have to shoot him. You could stab him, though, too. Uh, if you're if you're Elrond and you're hanging out three thousand years ago, and Isildur's like, nope, the ring's mine, just chuck him in, just chuck him into Mount Doom, just run up, to yeah, him, like, throw him in, just be like, or if it's flipped. if it's like the the whether world ends or not, maybe tackle him in, even if it means you too, yeah, exactly. you know, just, like just get just it done, him. just take him. <laughs> I was like, why don't you have a bow? Or I think he's got like water magic, or just something, just do something. Uh, this is a question I had. In the beginning, like especially in in uh, the Shire in Hobbiton, Gandalf is he super fast? Because he like in the the first time like he's in Bilbo's house, like Bilbo comes back to see him, and Gandalf is like made another lap around, and he kind of comes through the kitchen. He's like, nope, just tea is fine. And you're like, okay, maybe. Oh yes, yeah. so thought the same thing. And after he disappears, yeah, and, and he, he comes, and he's already in the house. In the house. Like, yeah, like Gandalf, yeah. like. Just a little thing. Can you teleport? What's why do you have a horse all the time? What's the point? Use more of that. Um, 
I like the ring wraith asking for directions. It's a cut. It's kind of funny. Shire, yeah. You know, I don't mind that. I think that's pretty cool, though. Well, I like that he has that, but then later on, one of them just straight up murders a dude who has a lantern. Like he's like, I'm done with this dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that was like, hey, we're we're almost the headless horseman, but yeah. way cooler. I, I don't we are know. a threat. Uh, I wish the extended edition had just like a really bloody decapitation. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, I said wizard fight equals brutal simplicity. Yeah, they didn't, you know, costumes makeups are incredible. Um, they make it so hard to like Pippin in this one. He is likable more so, especially in Return of the King. But this movie is, they make you want to kill him. Like he's annoying from the get go. He and Mary still like the, the, you know, the fireworks. Um, and then he's going around, he's causing, causing little issues here and there. And then it just culminates, culminates with the fact that he like kind of feels bad that he like kind of killed Gandalf, which he should, uh, don't touch stuff, Pip. Um, like so frustrating, uh, Baldur's not so good. I mean, I, after he knocked that suit of armor, that dead body down that well, I probably would have thrown him down too. Yeah. Just chuck him in. Just chuck him in. Yeah. Um, I like the Boromir does get redemption. Uh, that's kind of a cool moment. Cause like he, you kind of build to that moment where he's like, he finally loses his mind and then he starts saying crazy things like Frodo's like going to take the ring to Sauron and stuff. And you're like, ah, um, and they flesh out a lot more of that in two towers, like kind of who he is, um, which I think is pretty cool, but there's still, it's still really good in this one. Sean Bean does such a good job. Um, but uh, I love that at the end of all this though, they could have just be, I don't know exactly why they break up the fellowship. I think they just start to see that people are kind of falling and like, it's not working out. And so that's why like Frodo's like, I'm going alone. Aragorn's like, I get it. Uh, he's like, you can go. I understand that you can't really trust anybody right now. So maybe that was the kind of the, the point of saying like the fellowship was broken. But I like that they don't just give up. And like the end of this movie, even though it does feel like there's somewhat of an end, there's still that kind of like built in, baked in sequel where it's like, we're not going to leave Mary and Pippin to just get straight up murdered. He's like, we're going to we're going to hunt these guys down and we're going to kill them, uh, which I think is pretty cool. I'm like, yeah. That's cool. Oh, yeah, because at the end, the, the Rurikai mistake those two for the... Yeah. For, they say, so basically, and maybe Lurtz... Because how does Saruman tell the Saruman the tells Lurtz, he says, there's a halfling among them that is carrying something very special, like very precious. He's like, yeah. I want him delivered here unharmed and unspoiled. So I like yeah. to think that before they headed out, like Lurtz is like, okay, guys, okay, okay, before we go, man flesh, huh? man flesh. Um, uh, so <laughs> uh, just there's gonna be like four half. It's not not full half halfling. Um, and we'll pick them up. Don't kill them. Um, uh, and then uh, we're gonna take them back here. And the one guy with the big axe who's about to kill like Mary and Pippin, he just came back from the bathroom or something. He's like, what did I miss? Like, cause he, he's like running into just murder uh, both of them. Um, which is pretty funny. But, uh, so I think that's, that's the reason why. Uh, so they just, they take those two and they're like, they just take off. They're very, they're very susceptible to name calling though. They're, <laughs> they're just like, Hey you, Hey you over here. And it's, they're all like, there they are. <laughs> it's the only two. They're like, there was four of them, right? They're like, I don't know. I'm. I was born a few days ago. I've been running the whole time, uh, so don't. I wouldn't worry about that too much. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, I love this movie. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. And when I was watching, I'm like, I can remember why. Like sometimes your favorite thing for me, I'm like, why is it my favorite thing? Like, does that mean like, like sometimes I like giving like silver or bronze, like to kind of like, oh, I like it a little more in a weird way. But like, this is the standard for me that starts off. 
one of the greatest trilogies of all time. The greatest trilogy of all time. And uh, I still love it. It still holds up today, even with all the little nitpicks we have with it. Oh, by the way, the music is loves, yeah. is amazing. Howard Shore, I don't know what else he's done, but this is like some of the greatest music in anything ever. Like when they're, he's like, to the bridge of Casa Doom, you know, Gaynor says that. It's like, bum, ba, ba, da, da, da. Like that is like, every time I hear it, I just want to go like run into battle. Like, I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes I don't know what I'm fighting. Uh, I'm like, uh, it's just so yeah. good. And like, it can be like the lament of Gandalf and like kind of like the sad songs like throughout. Like it's so like it's just perfect. Um, oh, we forgot to mention Arwen. That whole chase, chase sequence. You know, we kind of briefly touched on. That's a really cool sequence that looks really pretty and it's all practical, except for the water horses. Like, yeah, they probably could have done without that little detail. But uh, you're right, though. I, I forgot to call that out. I really did appreciate that horse chase scene with all the ring race. I thought that was really, really kind of cool. Do you like when she shows up at first? She looks kind of like an angel because he's kind of like seeing things for how they really are. You know, like she's not in that outfit. Like when Frodo sees her, but then, then like cut back to like she's wearing like her traveling garb because she's like all in white when he sees her at first. Oh, yeah. I kind of forgot about that. But he's like under the effects of that poison, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, that's kind of a cool touch. Yeah, Liv yeah. Tyler. Yeah. Liv Tyler, which yeah. is funny, like her, I was trying to think, her and Sean Astin, I think Vigo might be too. Are those like the only American actors in these movies? Oh, sorry, Elijah Wood. There's more than I think. I always thought it was just like a full-on like European cast and stuff, but it's not. They've got plenty. I was just wondering about that. And where's Hugo Weaving from? He's great, by the way, Elrond. I think he's from... Britain somewhere, British area. Oh yeah, someone, no doubt. Someone correct. No doubt. Uh, but anyway, yeah. all of them great. Pitch perfect casting. It's hard to find one of them that like they all play their role really well. I know a lot of people complain about Frodo, but I think Frodo. I think Elijah Wood plays Frodo the way he should be played. Like he's got a super huge yeah. burden, and he's like always like wants to cry because he's. It's like the weight of the world is like around his neck, like it really is. So I think he does it perfectly. I'm like. Yeah. yeah, I wouldn't feel any differently about it. I, I, there's nothing to point out that's wrong with the way he played Frodo. Yeah. So him. why would I want it to be different or somebody else to be doing it? It's know? good. Also, I love Bilbo. I love Ian Holm. Um, I like that kind of. Uh, he's still addicted to the ring, and but he's still kind of a nice guy. And he also, I like how he just—he's deciding to leave his home of for his whole life, and he's like, the way he's going to leave is just disappear. He's just like, I'm going to go to my 111th birthday and I'm going to be like, so long, suckers. <laughs> he's just, whoop, like, that's his good Yeah, guy. and then he goes to River, River... Rivendell. Yeah. Riven, Riven, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why does he go there? And is that where he's going to live out the rest of his days? Or is he just on his way somewhere else? Where is he planning to uh, end it all? He was going to do that, but then um, we do get a moment in Return of the King where he goes back to the Shire for a brief moment for just a little bit but he mm. i think he was planning to just live out his days somewhere else and he's familiar with the, the elves from um the hobbits so uh he's like i've already kind of saved the realm once but this is kind of a bigger deal so yeah mm -hmm. it's very cool uh everybody's great in this movie there's it's hard for me to find something i don't like that's just me though uh joe let's just briefly Same. let's briefly get into this and then we'll do the community feedback and we'll wrap it up here today but let's get to the segment of the show i like to call it, you like to call it, we both like to call Time, Time killers. killers. We did it together. I was waiting for you to do it with me. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, what have you been killing time with? What games have you been playing? Movies? Besides Lord of the Rings? 
Oh, I've been watching the sitcom American Housewife. And? Stupid. I mean, it's like <laughs> it's like mind-numbing. You don't need to think whatsoever. <laughs> Nobody important. Anywho. Um, Very talented actors and actresses is what he meant to say. It's got gotcha, yeah, yeah, I mean, they're good. It's it's literally just like good crap sitcom stuff that you watch at, you know, the seven o'clock on the Friday slot kind of a thing. But uh, the funny thing is, what the reason I enjoy it is because it's actually comical. Haley thinks it's funny and she's not always like everything's funny. Okay. Uh, we don't always share the same like, yeah, well, I can watch a few episodes yeah. of this and laugh together. Mm-hmm. So we kind of enjoy it that way and it's not too we can still you know just watch a few episodes after dinner and still chat about the day and you know whatnot and and interact while kind of having it on in the background and appreciating it so it's kind of nice it's somewhat entertaining if you're just looking to like literally kill time and you know not have to think too hard um trying to think what else i've been watching um I, i watched uh Rise of Skywalker again for like the fourth, fifth time. What, did you buy it? <laughs> yeah, dude, I own it. Well, I didn't know <laughs> all the special what? features. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I haven't watched all the special features. What if it's just Adam Driver looking at the camera for three hours and just talking to you? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I like Adam Driver and all. I just, yeah, I'm more like you know, send me one of those prop replicas of the helmet and stuff. Yeah, fair enough. <sighs> Anywho. Um, and then, I mean, oh, I played a little bit more of a uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2, uh, the campaign. Yeah. Which I, I actually enjoy quite a bit. Uh, you know, if I've got nothing to do, I'm kind of, I got some free time, which I did, uh, last Sunday. I literally spent like two, three hours just playing through the campaign, kind of, wasn't like speed running it per se. Some of the actual dog fighting stuff with the spacecraft is actually not as easy as you'd think. Um, it's good, but it is, it's really good. I like how it switches characters all the time. It's kind of fun that way. Um, I loved being the special forces and imperial officer Dude, yeah, that's or great. commander, but you know when they they jump the fence to the other side and the rebel, I'm like, man, yeah, that's how we had all the cool stuff, and you just yeah, <laughs> like, and even at the beginning, like you're breaking out and you're just like killing a bunch of rebels, and you're like, how are they gonna accept her on the team after she's just like gone through and murdered a bunch of people? It's just like I would rather have the whole game be her for the empire. I was like, that's so much more compelling. But they did a good job of it, especially for a video game campaign of uh, swaying her to that side or how they get to that point. Yes, it's kind of quick for me. but It is a little quick, but somewhat uh, viable. Um, so, um, but yeah, I, I really enjoy that. I'd like to get back into that place more, the, the hero matches and whatnot. The, the whole the battlefield, ground war type feel. I'm not quite as into that mode. Sure. I, I think I much more appreciate like that. I'm going to pick, you know, freaking Kylo Ren or Darth Vader. I'm going to go in there swinging my saber and freaking force choking people. I, yeah. I, I like those a little bit more than any other mode. But uh, yeah, that. And then obviously, Jimmy, tell them what else I've been spending a lot of time with. <laughs> I, like, I want to make a joke about it, but I don't think I should. He's been playing a lot of Call of Duty uh, modern warfare and war zone <laughs> and battle zone and war battle and zone defense and- yeah you name it i'm playing it i i absolutely love that game 
I like it a lot. War Warzone. I get tired of Warzone a little bit. Like I, I still like playing just the multiplayer, like ground war, you know, like 36 or 40 v 40. I, it's fun. It really is just a good time. Um, and I, I just love the endless gun combinations, class setups, the gunsmith, uh, the new DLC guns that you can unlock. It's just a freaking blast. The camo grinds, um, the, the operators and stuff. The store, I think, is somewhat lackluster. Like, every once in a while, like, week to week, you'll get, like, some cool blueprints for gun creations uh, with camos on. Okay, great. But then there'll be, like, a lull where they're all pretty mediocre. They're for a gun that you would never practically use. But... Uh, <clears throat> They're improving upon the game. They finally started to crack down on hackers a little bit more. Um, and then, uh, which you don't really experience because it's skill-based matchmaking. So uh, for Warzone, if you jump into a lobby, it's going to try and match you up with players at your certain ability. Um, and apparently it's a somewhat acute range. Um, so a lot of like the better players, like streamers and things of that nature, pro players, they would run into hackers in their war zone game where like people are just locking on the heads and zip done, zip done. Good. And, and you, I say and you can, that's right. Yeah, down a so, few notches. All right. <laughs> yeah, but, notches. but I mean, it really started to hurt them for a hot minute there. And within a couple of weeks, they finally got their team kind of more on, uh, managing that and, you know, not cracking down on the hackers. Um, like hacker they don't have any, they don't have any anti cheat software with that game. So they do now. They probably do. What? I said, they probably do now. I, I don't know. Uh, for a while, it was literally just an office of people that would review them like a team that literally reviewed them case by case. <laughs> so we noticed that, um, in your last, a couple of matches, specifically the last one you went, um, I'm not sure how you did this. You went 50 and negative one. Um, that means you killed 50 people. Somehow, uh, you didn't. You didn't even die once, but you actually resurrected. We're yourself. born again. Um, um, <laughs> we, we think this might be a little bit of an anomaly, uh, but we've looked through your past records, and um, it seems to be pretty, uh, pretty cohesive. Uh, so I think you're cheating. So we're going to put you in the cheaters server. Um, where everybody hacks everybody <laughs> cheats, uh, and I think everybody's gonna really enjoy it. <laughs> like, I'd be like, so my like the cheat I would love to see, and I don't want games to get hacked. I don't think so, but I, like put the cheater server, make that a thing. I also want there to be the whale, the whale server, where it's like pay for power, let the people who want to just spend tons of money be in their own little server where they could just pay for stuff. But I want to <laughs> see somebody spawn in like in the air. And they have like an auto aim on, and they just spin around in circles, holding the trigger, and the and the bullets just just go right to each person. And people are just <laughs> and dying, like like that. See, that's what that's what I would like to see. Um, if because if you're gonna do this, go all the way, you know. Um, no, I'm just kidding. I don't promote cheating or hacking or anything. That's that's unfortunate, and obviously they'll they'll have to figure that out. Which is it's you're right, Joe. It's weird for them to get to this point and not have that. Like it's not like this is their first like first person shooter and they're like we didn't yeah a free, a free to play battle royale and you didn't go in day yeah. one with an anti-cheat software like you are know, you kidding me? like you've already being free to play you've just given the hackers one less barrier to jump over they're like oh it's free they're like 
all right, so I don't even have to pay to screw around in this. They're just like, well, I'll just hop on, hop on it. Yeah, dip, dip, dip. exactly. There's literally an online shop you can go and buy the codes or whatever to do this stuff. To do what stuff? Uh, there's some. There's people that make the hacks, and you can buy the package online, and you can go and do it if you have the know-how to actually implement it. But it. you can go buy that, and. Uh, Everybody's like, why isn't Infinity Ward like suing the people that are making the hacks? Yeah. Like, why isn't there a lawsuit in place for that? I, I don't know. Um, apparently, it's very upfront, too. Like, you can go look it up online right now. But um, Infinity Ward, whatever. listen to me. Take your crazy amounts of money, hire these people, and then have them make a crazy cheater hacker Call of Duty. That's like called Call of Duty Hackers. And we're <laughs> And like it's just like tons of cheat codes. You get to pick a few cheats when you get into the fight. Like I think it would be amazing. Like people would be like, yeah, you know, I love the infinite health cheat code, but it's not as good as the like I don't know, like the spawn right behind an enemy every time and shoot him in the back of the head cheat code or something like that. You know, what makes it truly crazy uh, is it's insane hackers with a Z, with a Z, Z. or for Britain, Australia, a Z. There you go, everybody. If you're listening from the yeah. oh, I can appreciate that. No, I would, <laughs> I would love it. Just hackers with a Z, bro. Um, yeah. yeah. Be, see, I'd be in that game. I'd be like, you got my attention. <laughs> Needless to say, I know not a lot of our listening base has a uh, viewer base has a uh, affinity for Call of Duty, but man, I, I can appreciate. It. I'm really, really digging it. As far as battle royales go, they've done a great job. An excellent job, in fact. Just, I really appreciate it. So, but anywho, how about yourself, Jimmy? Time killers, what you got? Thank you. I've been, uh, well, I like to kill my time in lots of different ways, like uh, editing vlogs and stuff. Um, You got another one coming out hopefully soon. It should be soon. It's like an hour and a half. Don't you even worry about it. Uh, So if you haven't seen my Disney. Additional Disney stuff? Yeah, this is the third and final one from California. I did three days, so I had Universal and then Disneyland for two. Uh, ah, so the trilogy comes to an epic <laughs> yeah, end. Uh, an epic end, which is sad because I really wanted Jurassic World to be open when I was at Universal Studios, uh, but they were like yeah. down for refurb because I think they're adding more of like the Indominus because right now I'm pretty sure it's just like a head. Uh, which Joe, I know mm. we talked about like getting a video sometime of it and just like doing a ride through commentary or just talking about it, which I think would still be really funny because neither of us have been on it. Like <laughs> I've been on the one in Orlando, but I'd be like, Oh yeah. So you can tell like in this sequence that uh, this was not as great as I thought it would be. Um, but uh, I've seen the ride through on Jurassic world, yeah. the updated one. And I can, I can see where they've basically recycled a lot of what was there. Yeah. I think as far as what they've added, they brightened it up and made it more like modern Jurassic World stuff. And like, obviously the audio and everything has changed, but again, they've kind of reused a lot of the same features and just reskin them slightly to fit. Um, I did notice like the tunnel ride through they, or they do this tunnel ride through portion where all the walls are, you know, obviously they're using technology more so now and it's big monitors and it's meant to look like the Mosasaurus is swimming around you eating sharks or whatever. Which is cool, but um, it looks like a good ride, but I don't know. I, I feel like, man, could they do so much more for something like that? This is a different podcast. Yes, I'm sir. done. We should talk about um, the, the ending room I've heard is really cool. Uh, by the way, that most source should either be at the very end of the ride because in the beginning it doesn't make any sense because it's like, why would you start off and like have a bunch of – like how does that – physically work with a big water tank around me and then i come out of it and it's like is that water tank still enclosed because there's like the rest of the ride 
whatever. Um, it's just it's it's a little weird to me. Like I, I think it's meant to look like a tube underneath the pool. Is, but then in, when right? you come out of the tube, then you're just like in the open with like the little overhang mountain thing and like a river. And so like, did you run a river through like this kind of like tubular structure thing? Like, I don't, I don't uh, know. The, not that the Jurassic Park and World Engineers have ever thought of safety first. Like, it's usually, like, the last thing they think of. They're like, well, I don't, I don't know what happened. You mean you don't have a backup generator for the electric fences? What we're telling you is we're going to pay one guy who's kind of uh, not interested in his job. He's more interested in eating donuts, watch the most terrifying creature that man has ever created. It's going to be fine. Um, like, like, come on. Um, anyway, sorry, sorry. Neither can there. So I've been editing those videos. Uh, so next one should be out soon. I'd love to know if people like those. It seems like we've gotten some feedback on those, which is great. Because if I get comments on any video, I feel like, oh, thank you. I um, appreciate that. So we've gotten some people saying they really love it. So thank you for watching. And maybe they're watching this now. And they're like, wait a second. This isn't that to do with theme parks. Guess what? This channel is everything we want to talk about. All right. Jonathan Davis will be on eventually. No, that would be <laughs> Jonathan Davis is the, the guest next week. No, uh, <laughs> just be like, so which theme parks do you like, Jonathan Davis? He'd be like, I I don't know what to tell you, man. <laughs> okay, that's great. Um, but I've also been playing Divinity Original Sin 2 with my buddy Leo. We're almost at the end of that game, I think. It's been a long time, so we're trying to think of like the next game we could play. Probably hop back into Monster Hunter eventually, because that's a game that, obviously, Joe, you have, we could play together. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm always looking for another co-op game or something. You know, something fresh. And I think just under a month, Monster Hunter is going to have another title update that uh, apparently is going to be as big as the Safi Jiva stuff, so... If not bigger. That game just keeps giving. Um, I love it. The yeah. Jiva grind stuff was a little annoying. I, I don't like. I still haven't even fought the damn thing. It's, yeah, it's, it's weird. Um, it's a cool monster. It's very cool. But uh, anyway, yeah. um, so I've been doing that. Uh, I've been watching Black Clover. Uh, it's anime. That's been a lot, really fun. I've been really sucked into that. It's not my favorite anime, but I, for some reason I just can't, can't stop watching it. And then Joe, uh, like you're going to everybody who knows me, who knows I love The Bachelor and The Bachelorette. My sister got me into this very short series on Netflix. I've got two episodes left called Love is Blind. It's an incredibly stressful show. Uh, <laughs> what they did is they took like 10 women and 10 men or something like that. And they brought them to a warehouse. And like, I don't know if they had them live there. They said they were living there. I don't know about that. Uh, weird pods or whatever so they're basically like small solo rooms with like a couch a table and stuff and these pods would like there were there's two pods that were connected and so it'd go man on one side a woman on another side and they could talk to each other but they couldn't see each other so the whole shtick of the show was like to see if you could fall in love with the voice or the emotions of another person and then like you were supposed to propose to them so they just take the physical element right out of exactly. it. Exactly. Right? So what you do is you got, you know, you have a man who proposed to a woman. Typically they kind of would change it up sometimes, but, um, and they would like, they might agree to be engaged to each other without having seen each other. And then like the next day they would reveal to each other what they looked like. So they would show up, they'd open these doors and they would they'd Dude, talk to each other. I hate that. It's almost like they're trying to say, yeah, physical attraction doesn't, doesn't matter in a relationship. Like <laughs> a lot of the people obviously go in thinking that, but you see that maybe that's not always the case. So that's like the first two episodes or two and a half episodes. So that's not the whole show, thankfully. But then they do this thing where it's like, all right, now we take them as a full group, the ones who actually did get engaged. We take all of them and we bring them to uh, a resort in Mexico. So very Bachelor in Paradise. And we have them, they're all there together and they're going on special dates, but it's kind of sped up. 
And then we'll have them meet at night and talk to each other. But the problem is, obviously, they've all kind of dated each other more or less a little bit because they kind of date everybody mm. and then you kind of pick the ones you want to see again. Uh, next thing you know, you know, I did get engaged to him because like connection wise, it was great. But this guy, you know, I had a good connection with him and he's way better looking. Next thing you know, they start all flip flopping around and yeah, shit so falls apart, doesn't they, it? They had that with like one person, but most of the people stuck together, which is pretty interesting. The real okay. fascinating part for me is when they, they do is they, I think they're all from Georgia because this is the way they had it schedule because i was like how are they doing this so then they brought filmed them all, in georgia they brought them all to georgia and they had them living in these apartments that were all connected to each other but they still they basically they were going to simulate because you get like four weeks four weeks until you're going to get married so by this point it's like two weeks away so they have them like live together for a couple of weeks and so they're like living there and they work so they still they'll like go off for the day and they'll work and then they're like meeting each other's parents and stuff like that but then it was interesting to see them like because they didn't have access to their phones and stuff during the pod situation and then the actual like um the resort situation but now that that's been introduced back into it and like some of the things that these people are stuck on like age race um and all this other stuff and just seeing how they interact like face to face versus just like behind a wall and it's just, I don't know, it's interesting. I don't know how legitimate it is. Uh, there's like one couple that I feel like is perfect for this. And you're like, oh, these are the people you're rooting for. And like both their sets of parents got married within like three months of meeting each other. So like that was like, it was like, whoa, this is really weird, but not really that weird because our parents both did this. Um, so yeah, um, I don't know. I've been watching this. It really stresses me out because some of them fight and you're like, whoa. And they also swear a lot because it's Netflix and they can say whatever they want. And you're like, Okay. all right uh yeah, some of them they start talking about like finances and stuff and that stuff is stressful and they do not show that on the bachelor like <laughs> there isn't like one of them was like hey so i have like credit card debt and you're like, <laughs> like, you the, like the people who don't have that problem they're like uh what like it's like oh, oh my gosh like okay it's a little rough um yeah, yeah. Credit so card it's, debt, no bueno. It's like 10 episodes long. It's pretty interesting. I have two episodes left to go. I guess it's like the Bachelor, Bachelorette parties. Again, this all sounds very trashy, but I come from a family, three sisters, so... I, it's entertaining. It's yeah. popular for a reason. I'm the same way. All I get it. Yeah. One day, when I find that special someone, she's going to be so lucky, because she's going to be like, I watch this trashy show, and I'll be like, I'm all about it. I'll be like, let's... Freaking <laughs> looking at me you think i have a very yeah. fine elegant uh acquired taste i do personality but i, but, I prefer, I prefer <laughs> and i do but i do like my my what do you call it my shit trash, tv, I my trash TV. My trash uh, TV. I, I have the elegant taste of a chainsaw through the the chest cavity of a locust uh through the gears of war franchise that is what if you look at me you're like oh he's very elegant like look at that man over there he prefers to stab and to maim but clean like, cut clean he like cut doesn't like a bachelor television show um yes i do uh because it's just it's funny to watch it all just go to hell uh <laughs> just a little bit of me is like also i don't know how the pay works on this show that was the question i had too uh because i know in the bachelor they do get paid uh, depending on how long they're on there. And then like the actual main person gets a ton of money too. So it's like, Hmm. Um, I actually just saw one of the finalists from the bachelor. She was on an ad for something and I was like, yep, all of them, a lot of them just go right into advertisement and stuff. And you're like, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah you know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, so that's what I've been watching uh, besides fellowship. I'm trying to think of something else. Uh, that's for the most part, you know, 
that's kind of what I've been doing. Um, I also have to finish up another anime for some friends called Witch Hunter Robin that they love. I only watched two episodes of it, but it's a little bit older, so it takes me a little more time, especially when I'm involved in another anime. I feel like I'm cheating on it when I watch another one. I'm like, it's like no, it's not. Like, it's like, it's media. I should be able to watch whatever I want to watch. But I'm like, then I'm like, I should watch on Disney Plus. Oh, I watched Onward. It was good. It was good. I don't, know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to get into it too much. I feel like that's a whole other show, but like it was fine. I wasn't blown away by it. I thought it was good. So there you go. To anybody, people are like, oh, what do you think of Onward? I'm like, um, Chris Pratt, actually, I really liked him in that movie. I really did. That's all I'm trying to say. All right, uh, Joe, it's time to move into my personal favorite segment of the show community feedback and questions. Nailed it. Good job. All right, let's just bring these up over here. I love it when people write in, Joe. It's just, honestly, it just makes me so happy. Makes me so happy. We're going to start with my sister on Discord here because she, she, this is probably for next time. Was it necessary for Sam to overpronounce potatoes? Well, if that was in Fellowship, still a valid question. Um, it's in it's in Two Towers, but maybe we'll circle back to it. I think it's fun. And now when you hear it in Two Towers, you always think of that rap where he's like, potato, potato. Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. Sorry, just think about that. Anyway. <laughs> Sorry, I'm this lost. Comes from Fragadin over here. He says, Fellowship is in my mind without a doubt the best film of the Lord of the Rings trilogy and the Hobbit trilogy, obviously. The pacing and the mix of adventure, glooming terror, the ring rates tracking down the hobbits in the beginning really gave you chills and put you on edge. Overall, it just had a great mix of emotions and it went in so many places. It could be the best movie ever. Fragadin. A fellowship, huh? I, I, people love fellowship, and I get it. I get it. I was surprised. I mean, yeah. When I was younger, I used to never think fellowship was the best, but now I'm like, yeah, it's pretty freaking good. I mean, it's great, and there's some dire moments in there, but I feel like there's one thing I want, and the one thing I want is something more... Um, I mean, it's epic in its own right, but the epicness I'm talking about is Battle of Helm's Deep. I want something like that. Ironically, I want something that's going to put the goosebumps on my forearms, you know? This is the and only one where we have fellowship members die. I guess you're right. Yeah. Frodo gets stabbed but, a lot in these movies, too, by the way. You ever think about that? He gets stabbed like three or four times. Frodo, yeah. <laughs> he gets stabbed a lot, and he falls off things quite a bit, too. Quite a clumsy hobbit. Two uh, times, right? Two times. He gets ring wraith, cave troll, cave troll, and then in he gets stuck with Shelob's stinger in Return of the King. Oh, throughout the whole. Throughout the whole okay, okay, we'll okay. Just, we'll just and but a, twice in the first movie. Frodo, Frodo the stab tracker. Let's uh, let's let's all keep our eyes on that one. Yeah, uh, yeah. This, Finish your drink every time Frodo gets stabbed. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> like, oh, um, this one comes up from Modiaz yeah. though. He says, "I love Fellowship," and that's with three O's. That's a lot of love. He said, I grew up with the books. When they became films, it was something the entire family was hyped about. I did, however, expect orcs to have red eyes as they do on the old book covers, which I think, Joe, you and I probably... Sounds like with the horse, we're okay with, but they all had red eyes. I don't know. Yeah, but it was kind of a natural look. Now, if they all yeah. all the orcs had red eyes... Yeah. I like the yellow or whatever they've got. I also like the one that kind of stumbles into... Um, Saruman's office. I get him confused with, like the first one you see at the the Battle of Mount Doom. But anyway, uh, it says, do you think we will see the movies remade in say ten years or so, or has it become too big Oof. of a thing for anyone to dare to touch it again? Thinking his movies tend to go in a bit of circles with new versions. I will say right. I know now, what he's saying. I get it. But... I totally get where he's coming from. 
I don't think anyone will touch this. I just don't. I don't think there's been enough time. And if I'm not saying it's at, I would say this is at the same caliber for me personally as Star Wars, even though I know Star Wars is way bigger. I think you would get more spinoffs like you're going to get the Amazon show. What, I don't know if they'll ever touch this again, just because there's such a love for it. It brought high fantasy like to the forefront uh, mm-hmm. in a way that like Harry Potter obviously did too, but it's different. I just don't think you touch it. There's so much love and people would be, there would be so much cynicism. People would be like, why would I watch this new one when the old one was better? Like in the Hobbit's kind of already proven that like the Hobbit made money, yeah. but people are like, people don't talk about the Hobbit. They're like, I'm just going to go watch Lord of the Rings. Like I'm glad they made Lord of the Rings first. Cause because they made the Hobbit first like this. And then they tried to make Lord of the Rings. I don't think they'll ever even think about it until people our age are dead. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think they, they would be like, it's yeah. so antiquated where you like watch it and you're like, this doesn't even look like anything because it still looks yeah. like Until an entire generation has like gone. Yeah. Um, you know, it came out in 2001. So what, you'd have to be a millennial. So when the millennials have, are basically kind of eh, not going to the theaters anymore and they're in their nursing homes, yeah. then they'll do another one because hopefully then they'll get less comparison. But I mean, the thing is, is that the current ones are going to be they're going to be passed down through generations. It's one of those things where if you saw it as a kid and, you know, you loved it, you yeah. said, listen here, son, you're going to sit down. You're going to watch all these yeah. today. No, no lunch. You're watching them. <laughs> but, Dad, it'll be 1030 by the time they're done. Yeah, and then it's time for bed. No yeah. food. you got to watch these watch movies. Right now. <laughs> oh, my poor kids. Yeah. Um, but that's how it'll be. It'll kind of be one of those things considered classic and, and they hold up well. I don't know how much better we're going to get in the film industry, but yeah. they hold up well now. I, I assume they're going to hold up well for a long time. Um, to redo them might be a bit of a uh, dishonor. Yeah. And then kind Just of a way. Touch it. Oh. Don't touch it. Yeah. Uh, I know a lot of people said this with like Star Wars that like the prequels kind of ruined the original trilogy. And I don't know if I believe that, uh, but I'm, no. I'm a huge Lord of the Rings fan. And the Hobbit films weren't necessarily at the same caliber to me as the Lord of the Rings. And maybe that's a subjective feeling, but I don't feel like it. Uh, I feel the same way. All it does is when I watch those movies, I think like, oh, yeah, they they do a lot of nods to Lord of the Rings. There's a few things that are kind of weird. Like, for instance, I'm pretty sure I might be wrong about this. Joe Legolas, one of your favorites. His eyes are brown in this movie, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're not like uh, blue. stellar bright blue. Yeah, like I don't know what happened. Like he grew grew up like 60, 50 years or whatever, and it's like the eyes. Is the lights fading? The pro- eyes. You know, that's another problem with that. It's 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 kind of hard to watch him in that movie because it's like that CGI de aging kind of a thing, I'm and it's like way bulkier. It looks like he looks like a jacked elf. He is bulkier for sure. And he also defies all the laws of physics in that one. They're like, all right, remember the shield thing we did at Helm's Deep? What if we have him jumping up rocks? And you're like, and the rocks are on a bridge that were from a tower that collapsed and uh, he, they're falling. Yeah, and, jumping and he doesn't notice like before the Balrog shows up, he jumps the staircase thing as it's breaking and stuff. When he jumps that, he makes he acts like it was like a big deal. But you know, it's only like a six, eight foot gap. Yeah. I mean, for him, that should be like taking a step out of the bathroom after taking a shit. You know, like that shouldn't even be a big deal. <laughs> but he makes it look like it. And then you go back to the. I, I, uh, there's a little bit of flip flop in there with like what's realistic and what's what's difficult for. Um, 
what's difficult for him um, and what isn't. So yeah. um, I, uh, there's even one little bit, <laughs> you know, talking about that moment. They're coming down those first set of stairs, and I think Legolas actually slips off one side of the stairs to get onto that next one that's going down. It's so brief, but it's like this little oh. moment where I'm like, I think they yeah. added that in. I was like, that's so cool. Uh, which, you know, talking about the realism, that's something we didn't talk about too much in the actual discussion, but I think it's one of the things that makes these movies hold up so well is even though there are fantastical moments like the Balrog and the Watcher and you know, things like that, it still feels kind of like this could have happened at some point, like to some degree where you're like, oh, this is because it's also tangible. Like you look mm -hmm. at it and it's like not too fantastical. Like with Harry Potter, you're like, all right, that family walked into a tent, but that tent's the size of like a mansion. You're like, okay. But like in this one, they don't have weird stuff like that as much like it's it feels like numero uno like historical to some fact true true and numero uno the thing that really helps these movies with the with the practicality is the cannon fodder is real the orcs are real yeah they're real it's all real you have so many interactions with them and they're monstery but and they're all real are real agreed they are real it's very good uh, we have one more right in here. This one comes from Bearded Scotsman 86. We love you, Bearded Scotsman. Thank you. Uh, he says, I remember having a VHS copy that I recorded from someone's illegal DVD of the film. I would watch <laughs> it whilst doing homework, and when it finished, rewind it and watch it again. I now own the super quality, long-length Blu-ray version. Really have to set aside time to watch that one. Uh, yeah. Oh, you really have to set aside the time to watch that one. I, dude, I, I hear you, man. Um, God, I can't remember the last time I watched something on a VHS. Yeah, it's good stuff. Uh, I love the thought like of him. what? Just like little bearded Scotsman finishing up homework or like he's not finished with it and he's like, oh man, he's going to stop, rewind. It's just like, hmm. And he's like, Phew. and then it finally finishes like a minute or two later and he's like, play. It goes back to his homework. Uh, like, I love it. He says, one thing that always got me was it felt like they went into too much effort. For example, all the chainmail was hand-sewn. I think it's about two guys. It seems overly excessive for something barely anyone will pay much attention to. Maybe that adds to it being a great film. I don't know. What do you guys think on that? Joe, what do you think? I think you get away with like certain characters. Like, Say if, if like an orc has mail on of some sort. Um, not all of them need to have it. Only if they're in like frame for too long or something where you know somebody's going to be able to appreciate some detail. Sure. You know, there's the right places and moments for it. So um, it counts. It counts. But yeah. if it, you know, you don't want it to be orc number 30 who's in the eighth row in the back, that won't right. even really, you'll catch the top of his head. I think it's mostly the people, the humans who have it and the elves. Sure. Sure. Um, so if there's any camera time to where you're going to catch a glimpse of it, yes, 100% worth it. Yeah, I agree. Get it I done. Think I feel bad because I think the two guys who did it, like you watch the behind the scenes stuff, it looks like they're losing their minds because for like two years, that's all they did is just like put freaking chain mail together. Uh, I think hmm. it really adds to it. And I think it future proofs the movie in a way that even the greatest technology nowadays cannot. Uh, and by that, I mean the CGI of the troll, for instance, not as good maybe as the Balrog. It's a little different. It doesn't look as good today or when Legolas jumps on him to kind of do that headshot thing and like they're trying to figure out how to kill the troll, but it doesn't look as good. But instead of that, like, um, and going fully authentic and the weight of it and the movement of it, 
uh, I think kind of plays in and a bigger factor to making it all seem real. And for me, I think, even though it must have driven those two guys mad and the, there's excessive amounts of detail in this movie, in these movies, I think it's, I don't know if it's necessary, because I'm sure there are cheaper ways to do it, but I think it just kind of shows a labor of love and passion for this franchise. And it just, all it does is inspire, you know, for me. I'm like, man, they didn't, there's not like one thing they were like, no, nope, just whatever, just throw something on there, whatever. It's like, nope, everything is like... We'll just make it just as perfect as we can. Like, we want to prove to the world that we deserve to be here. And if you go back and actually watch this stuff, they used to talk about it as being, like, the biggest indie film of all time because they didn't have, like, New Line Cinema sign on until, like, way late in the game. So, like, it was a bunch of just people, like, trying to make this thing, like, go. And it's like, ah, it's just so cool. Like, I love that type of passion. Uh, it's it's excellent. I love it. <laughs> What studio owns, owns uh, Lord of the Rings or has the... Nowadays, time? it is Warner Brothers, I believe, because they are the ones who made, like, The Hobbit and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but back in the day, New Line Cinema was the one who um, brought the movie to life and I think helped, like, did most of the bill footing and all that stuff, which is kind of weird because you think of it being such a such a staple franchise now to some degree even though it's still i would say kind of more niche than something like star wars or harry potter those ones are obviously way bigger but uh like back in the day no one was gonna they're like lord of the rings like okay i don't like not that it's not that big of a deal Mm -hmm. like you know because people weren't talking about it because like you know especially around that time when harry potter was coming out it was like whoa harry potter is like the hotness like um so yeah, um, but anyway, I hope you're Scotsman. That answers your question. Uh, I think it, it definitely it adds so much to it. I love that because it just means that like they just again just back to Boromir. The first time you see him, just like his whole outfit, you're like, they didn't have to do this, but they did. And like it tells a story. Like you feel like that character is even more believable besides his great performance. You're like, that's a real that's a real person. Like that's a real character coming to life. Like, good on oh. you. Like, ugh, it's just so good. It's so good. Ah, I love it. Go on and on and on and on. Anyway, there we go. That's our discussion for Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring. Man, heck of a film. We're going to go through these. Uh, it might take a little more time. You know, we might kind of like kind of have it interspersed and stuff like this. So I'm not like forcing Joe to sit down and watch three hour movies every week. Because, um, <laughs> you know, he's got he's got Warzone to play. Um, people to shoot. Put, uh, put, me, put me in, coach. I'll, I'll do it. Uh, I'll I, do I, I didn't it. know you rented it. Yeah, I'm not, I'll, I'll send you something. Yeah, I was looking all over. And I was like, none of my streaming services had it. Netflix used Netflix just had it. Yeah, and I even Googled. Yeah, I, I tried looking it up. I was like, why can't I? And yeah, it's not. I think it was removed in November of nineteen or something like that. I what? I swear it was. I, I just saw it on there. Yeah, I don't know. I Maybe I did the search. I put I Lord of the Rings, and it said search is similar to uh, Lord of the Rings or the Fellowship. I'm like, so weird. Shit. You're like, come on. It's like it knew. I feel like and this is this other podcast I love watching Weekly Planet. You should ch- seriously check them out. They're super funny. Their joke over there is that anytime they mention the film is going to be on Netflix, Netflix hears it and immediately takes it off of Netflix. Like, <laughs> you know, like, you know, we're going to have to get it, read the DVD. Like, it's, like, it's like, come on, Netflix, don't do this to me. Um, yeah, it's, we have so many streaming services and you just like, sometimes you just want to watch The Mask of Zorro and it's just not on there for a bit. And then they finally put it on Netflix and you're like, that's a freaking good movie. Um, sorry, that's I watched that recently. It's so good. 
Anyway, uh, Fellowship of the Ring, thank you. I, I really, seriously, if you're listening to this right now, please leave a comment. Let us know if you liked it, uh, like this actual video we made here, or what you think of Fellowship. Is it your favorite, your least favorite? Where does it fall? Does it fall in the middle? Who are your favorite characters? And why is it Gandalf? Why is Gandalf the best character? <laughs> because he is, man. He, his, he even blows his his smoke into like a ship. A sailboat like, like, goes yeah, just, through. <laughs> you're like, yeah. dude, I'd be like, if I were Bilbo, I'd be like, I, I've been practicing that ring trick for so long, and you just come in here, Mr. S- Smoke and Fire Wizard, uh, and make that. I'd be like, come on, dude. You're, you're killing me. I'd be like, ah. Um, yeah. I also love how rapidly he ages, too. Like, he's been gone for a couple of weeks, and you're like, whoa, whoa, Bilbo, you're not looking so good. Like, Bilbo's like a decrepit old man. Like, yeah, because he's away from the ring. And then he's got mm-hmm. that creepy face, which actually isn't CGI. It's like a bunch of different, like, face models they put together. Oh, man, it's... The ridiculous amount of detail. I love it so much. Anyway, uh, Joe, oh, thank you for oh. being on. As for always, my friend, I appreciate it. Always, Bill. There you go. Uh, if you guys ever want to reach the show. doing the tip of the hat. This is the tip of the hat. Uh, <laughs> if you want to reach the show, just type the hashtag Critical Podcast to us on Twitter. I'm at GoCritical or at JimmyGood013. Check us out. Um, or if you want, you could tweet at Joe, which is at Lever underscore 627. That is Lever, just like Beaver, only with an L. Did you like that? Couldn't have said it better myself, Jimmy. Yeah, thank, there you go. Thank you. Um, and uh, thank you guys just for watching. We really appreciate it. Thanks to uh, Yorin Evers, who's done pretty much all the artwork you see here. Thank you to Dalem for our theme music. I love that. Yorin actually, by the way, just came out with a, a new comic that he's been working on. So please check him out. He's at Mirage28 on Twitter. Uh, he's very good. He's very talented. I love him so much. Uh, and thank you to all of our patrons who have been supporting us for so long. I've been trying to get, I've been bad about this, but if you are a $5 and a patron, you get this podcast like a day early. And then also uh, we're going to start to mention you guys at the end of our videos here. So hopefully you're seeing that somewhere like over here or here or well, it's, it's over there somewhere. So yeah, thank you guys so much for donating and supporting us. Uh, and if you want to do so, you can go over to our Patreon uh, and check that out. It'll be linked. So you should be able to find it. Um, well, thank you. Everyone, I appreciate you. Love and hugs during these trying times. And until next time, just remember to adapt and overcome. Bye-bye. There's Joe. We're zooming back in. (laughs) Nailed it. Nailed it.